0: Tune in to The Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: That's me. And then the Times UK is warning people to keep their Easter eggs on ice because of a spring heat wave coming. I've been looking ahead. Wednesday's nice, but it's dodgy again then Thursday, Friday. I can't really tell about the weekend or earlier next week, but I'm just wondering if they get a spring or an Easter heat wave, maybe they might share it with us. We only can live in hope. Meanwhile, it's mayhem above in Dublin. You know, these, um, the truckers, the angry truckers, and rightly angry, actually, at the crippling cost of of fuel, middle of this fuel crisis. Uh, well, gridlock is what they're expecting up there. Not a day or two, but for a week or two apparently, and there's an interesting one makes the indoor today, they're saying, okay, if you uh, get an electric car, or you retrofit your car, or you do work on your car to move to electric, you'll save 270 euro a month but in the same um, breath, they say it could take you 20 years to recoup all of the costs. So that's an interesting one where they break it down, even doing the work or moving to electric, paying the extra money, etc. Um, an interesting way of looking at this is, um, you know, retrofitting. I guess that's work done to the car, isn't it? Uh, 270 a month to be saved, 20 years to make it back. And then there's a story of a barrister who said, and I know that law is is hurting for many who are going into law because so many people are going into the profession of law that, by all accounts, there's just... I'm told, anyway, that there's just not uh, enough work around for everybody and that barristers also, those that are qualifying at barristers, are finding lean times as well. There's a story in the mail of a man who worked as a taxi driver... Uh, and then worked in a hospital before he finally became a barrister, uh, said that uh, his pay is now lower than before he joined uh, the bar, that he earned more as a taxi driver, which is quite interesting. The price and cost of living then is broken down again uh, in all of the papers. And they, they love breaking it down to the price of steak and roast beef and pork and cheese and diesel and petrol and chicken and... Spaghetti and you know sliced pan and stuff like that, but uh, all of the final columns are all red, and red usually means bad news or red alert means the prices have gone up. But I like that story in the Mirror this morning, and I suppose those that have should leave uh, cut price food for those that have not and those that need it most. And Noel Gallagher of Oasis fame says that he never takes reduced items in a supermarket because needy folk might want them. What surprised me there was that he does any shopping at all, in fairness to him. I suppose they all live and breathe and sleep like the rest of us. But fair play, uh, they're they're saying bus fares are coming down by 20% today. Now, the cuts will apply to routes outside of uh, Greater Dublin, um, uh, and I think does that mean that we'll get it? Uh, what do you read into this paragraph? The cuts will apply to routes outside the Greater Dublin Area in Cork, Galway, Limerick, and Waterford. Doesn't even make sense grammatically to me. I'll read it again unless I'm thick, the costs will apply to roots outside the greater Dublin area in Cork, Galway, Limerick and Waterford. <laughs> Does that mean that we get the 20% cuts or we're in the greater area of Dublin? I can't work it out. Um, but you know the queues at Dublin Airport. Apparently people are so spooked now that they're going extra, extra early to Dublin Airport and they're making it even worse by all accounts. But Dublin Airport apparently is a disaster zone and the business post last, yesterday was actually telling us why. And the The reason, I think, behind it is because the Dublin Airport Authority got rid of an awful lot of staff. They let nearly 250 staff from the Dublin Airport security team go uh, during uh, COVID. And now they're wondering uh, why they're short of staff. And they're thinking, now we need to hire them back. But of course, they've gone other places. So they let 248 go, and now they need 300 more to address the major delays they have. They don't even stop me on Tony and the back and forth, who was going to pay him, who was not. Uh, Micheál Martin was taking no prisoners of the weekend. He stopped it, he paused it, and then it got reversed and scrapped. And I think that he was front and centre in that one. Uh, but he's blamed the Department of Health staff for the botched selection of Tony Hoolan for the 187,000 a year job. Now, as to who was going to pay... Some were saying it was already a budget that was given to Trinity in the first place. Others were saying that it was not. Uh, You make up, certainly one thing is for sure, absolute anger of it. Did you know, like, I I always thought that coal in in urban areas and city areas was banned, right? That you could only have smokeless, if at all, and other building houses and none of them chimneys or anything like that. But I also thought that turf was banned. But the front page of this morning's mail says, giving turf for the fire to friends and neighbours is to be outlawed by the Green Party. (laughs) Do headline writers or people in newspapers find the wackiest way they can possible to write about the Green Party? Anger at the move to ban the sale of turf. Or is it different in city areas and country areas? The reason I ask is, like in Port McGee, we get deliveries of turf twice a year. And we get deliveries of what they call burning timber. Uh, I don't know. You Remember the days when you could get slack uh, and you could get singles? And then you got all the coal and all that kind of stuff. Well, well, in city areas, that's very much changed. I think you can't get slack and you can't get singles and you can only get smokeless coal. Uh, but turf, it's a shame because nothing more beautiful than driving into a countryside area or going for a walk and having the smell of turf. And in another country-related story, in The Independent this morning, Father Paddy Byrne from Abbey Leaks in County Leash is lamenting the fact uh, he was congratulating the newlyweds, Kelly Harrington and Mandy Loughlin, who got married. But at the same time, he was lamenting the sad fact that as a priest, he can bless tractors and he can bless cars, but he can't bless a loving same-sex couple. You couldn't really put it better than that, could you? And in wacky related stories, and there are many of them this morning that I'll dip in and out of across the morning, where do I start? Well, I love this one from The Telegraph on Saturday. And this is a story out of France, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, particularly with the two weeks ahead and the kids on off school and Easter holidays. How are you going to cope, mammies and daddies, with the kids now for the next fortnight, uh, particularly around the house. And there was a poll of French people that was done and uh, the Telegraph has it from Saturday and it says that do the dishes or be made to do hard time. They're saying people who dodge housework um, should be prosecuted and it should be a criminal offence. Now, French people can be odd at the best of time. problem with us in the French is that all too often when we're over in France they think we're English. So we should have a sign around us saying we're Irish. They'd be much nicer to us then. You know the way the French and the English don't necessarily get on all of the time. But apparently nearly half of the French people who were surveyed said that it should be a criminal offence for people to not pull their weight in the house. And before you know it, you go down two or three paragraphs. And who's blamed for it? Men. The survey says that men have increased their time uh, engaging in household chores but only by 14 extra minutes since the <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> That's a head record, like for any man who really does pull his weight around the house. And I have to say, slow and all as I am to be lauding or bigging myself up, I'm not so bad at all in the house when it comes to chores. What about the rest of you guys? Are you pulling your weight? Text 0868 And one final one. Um, there's even more crazy research out now that says if you've got a surgeon working in a theatre operating on you, right, and stitching away or doing the job and, you know, being very careful about everything that they do, he or she, apparently if they listen to, um, well, the survey says ACDC music, they will perform faster and they will perform the surgery more accurate. But at the same time, they say, not just ACDC, but also if they listen to the Beatles' Hey Jude or Let It Be, which is calmer music, apparently they also work faster, stitch faster and work better. I mean, I'm not so sure that I would want a surgeon working faster or stitching faster. I think slowly does it for me. And I can't help but wonder what it would be like if, if, say, for instance, you on the operating theatre actually woke up and it can happen too that you'd wake up in the middle of surgery some people do and you see this person over you all gowned up with masks and face coverings and everything (laughs) leaning down over (laughs) you with this going on full blast (laughs) I mean think about it you think you were dead and already in heaven or hell I should say Love to love to listen to that in its entirety, but not in a surgical theatre. Anyway, text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 0818104106, and we'll come back to more of the wackier stories across the morning. But good morning to you all, hope you had a good weekend. Um, the lads of the weekend were sharing some photographs in our own WhatsApp group. But something looked absolutely bizarre to me. It was like a human-like doll or a mannequin hanging off a crane, in Black Rock. Now, we were really concerned about it. I think some people passing were very concerned about it as well as to what was it? That, what, sorry, Blackpool, Spring Lane and Blackpool, that kind of area. One of these big, huge cranes, you know the massive ones you see in the sky and they're doing lots of work in construction. But hanging off it, the, the, um, the parallel bar part of it uh, was... Um, was kind of a doll or, or a mannequin. And to me, it looked quite spooky when I saw it. I mean, imagine if you're walking past it, you might even confuse it for a person. Nicole, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Now, I've only seen photographs of it over the weekend. Did you see it?
2: I tell you no,
3: Neil, I didn't. Um, I was in work on Saturday. I'm a hairdresser. And I basically was in the middle of doing a client. And she had said to me... Um, so my husband was doing hair as well but he was doing a child and she had shown me the video and I was like oh my God and I didn't discuss it because was, there was a child in the salon and when I saw it we, when, with my customer I was like is that a real person and she had been sent it through Snapchat and she was like yeah she was like I just got sent it and she said there's guards and ambulance and fire brigades down there and I was like what I was like who in God's name first of all would take a video of somebody's flogging child. Listen, to people
1: you. would take videos of anything, anything. Oh, they I whip know, the phone it, out, so they do.
3: It was... I just thought, Neil, was... At, like, when I saw it, I just... And, see, at the same time, I didn't know... My, basically, my brother died through suicide. Oh,
1: and yeah, OK. Yeah.
3: My customer wouldn't have known that my brother had died, or even died that way. And, Neil, the minute I saw it, I was like... I actually... I stopped what I was doing. I was like, is this is actually real life. Coming I mean, out was a video of somebody's child hanging off a flagging crane. And look, I got on with it. Well, I didn't want to look at the video anymore. And the whole day, I was rattling. I couldn't even... Because
1: you thought for the whole day that it was a person, I didn't you? And she laughing. was she was sharing it with people thinking that it was a person.
3: Everybody. She said she was in a huge group chat of uh, among over twenty people and they all everybody that was I that was my fo- when I eventually got to my phone I would have to been sent it myself and I was like for a good Neil it was a good three hours before people actually realised that I was actually a dummy.
1: Okay, and so I we yeah we contacted I the Guardian at the, done done the done. weekend and they told us that it yeah. was a training exercise being conducted on the site uh, i not so sure I'd love to know what construction was going on there because I, I don't actually kind of know the area where the work has been done
3: exactly. building a council house and apartments down there
1: ok so it was the training exercise been conducted on the site apparently the training exercise had to do with how would you bring back down a crane operator that say would have suffered a heart attack um, and that, that would
3: mean if you saw the video of yourself like or a picture like the no, business. to me, when I, I saw,
1: saw the when phone I was phone sent it phone phone first, it I thought somebody. Friday's
3: garage. That's the how far away I saw it, and I like I need up till yesterday. I went to, I went to an event yesterday um um Silver Springs walk with me for autism, and Caroline Bailey was there, and I had, I had the conversation with her, and nobody would have known that. Obviously, we had suicide in the family, and I had said, "For I was like Caroline, it's like this day and age to see something like that." And still, up till yesterday, I thought it was still real. And we were like, oh, my God, absolutely shocking. I went back to work yesterday, and I was actually a customer and had said to me, did you see the video of the dummy? And I went, what? She was like, yeah, she was like, apparently it was part of the training. Uh, <sighs> uh,
1: did you spend the whole weekend then thinking I it was, was like, a real oh, suicide? All
3: Saturday, up till yesterday, till about 4 o'clock yesterday. And it was until my customer told me yesterday that it was actually fake. That it was a part of, I actually, Neil, I couldn't believe it. I was actually so angry when she told me because I was like, that is, I'm sorry now, whether what kind of part of the training program, it's 2022, the suicide, high rates has never you been. You couldn't
1: so have put it better, Nicole. Never. You couldn't like, have put it better.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, Neil, when my brother died three years ago, it was so high that stage. Like, there were so many of his friends doing it. And it's so bad, no, like it's so so bad really even, I,
1: do, you uh, uh, do you hear of others? do
2: no, you hear of others i only I was only
3: listening to your show only on the on with the that girl that bought her boyfriend i I knew who I know kind of I know he died and he died exact same waynie. can you imagine like in my head, I was thinking, can you imagine somebody if climbed was, up somebody uh, climbed
1: uh, up the the vertical
3: and, yeah. no, but even anybody like. Jesus, the boy that would have found my brother, can you imagine him driving through
2: Blackpool and seeing that? Like, the first thing you see, like, even not knowing
1: it was a dummy. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, Sean Sean was in touch at the weekend, a text, he says, he came across it and he thought it was a person hanging from a crane in Blackpool. He said he reported it to the Gardaí, who originally said it was a prank. It was in overalls, stuffed overalls, and hanging from the crane. It was left hanging for up to two hours before it was removed with children and parents watching on. Now, we contacted the construction company or those involved in that training exercise, Seafield, uh, but we haven't heard back from them and have a no response as of yet. But a training well, not exercise.
2: On that at all.
3: Like, I'm sorry, you know, like, I, I just, I'm actually traumatized myself because I got so upset because I was thinking, can you imagine if I drove down to Blackpool to bring my mum shopping uh, uh, yeah. and she had seen that, known that? How she lasts or oh, her child. I
1: know, I know. Oh, sure, but, I know. Uh, I know.
3: It's yeah. absolutely. I'm sorry now. Maybe 20 years ago, it probably, I don't know, but it's 2022. These things are, this is happening over 20 times a day, probably more in cars of people taking their lives. And they think the training program is appropriate. And I, 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 know, do I don't, don't even
1: understand the training but aspect these, of.
2: Give me, if someone did take a fucking heart attack off a crane, they wouldn't be fucking hagging.
1: No. Well, I I was just going to make that point. Even if it was um, a training exercise to get somebody down without a heart attack, I don't think that's the way you would get them down.
3: Of course, it wouldn't They'd be like. Yeah. I just didn't. It made no sense whatsoever. I was like, I don't know. I and them in the middle of blackpool, like they yeah. when they do it in the middle of clogging country where there's nobody looking.
1: Well. If I get a response, that'll be fine and I certainly will broadcast it and I've invited them on air to see if they want to explain what was behind it but many people were very upset and it was very much shared Yeah, and, uh, and clearly, obviously, it would upset you because, of course, suicide visited your family and I'm very sorry to hear that. Listen, uh, Nicole, thanks for coming on air. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem, either. All right, look after yourself and your mam as well. Text 0868-104-106. Back after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Prenderbill now. 818 Cork's Red FM.
1: A fair play to you, whoever you are. I hope you feel better um, out and about to acts of thuggery and vandalism and arson. Yet more adventures out at the Ballincolic Park just literally burnt to the ground at the weekend. The Echo carries it this morning. Three of the benches were set on fire in the early hours of Saturday morning. Um, and I imagine all beyond repair. I hear these stories all too often. And sadly, from Ballin Park, all too often as well. Uh, just absolutely pointless, you know, brain dead activity as to why people would do that and think that it's fun or think that this is a bit of crack. Uh, and a bit of fun of a Saturday night. Uh, but then again, you just can't account for people. Text 0868 uh, Pick up the phone on 0818 A lot of texts actually from Friday's program with regards to issues regarding homelessness and, you know, and housing. Maybe we're talking with James who turned his life around. Thank you to everybody who got involved in that uh, conversation. I'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. But first up, um, I just want to have a quick chat with, uh, uh, with Sinead. Sinead, good morning. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, Neil. Oh, oh, there you are. No, I I think you have been sorted, but you got a bit of a fright with regards to your first holiday in five years. Is it as a family? That's right.
2: Yeah, and this morning, of course, it was um,
1: it was all right itself. No, because, I'm, so, and I'm I'm delighted for you because I would hate yeah. if it hadn't been rectified. You, um, were heading heading to Malaga on Tuesday, and and all of a sudden, what happened? You get an email saying that um, your email tickets were cancelled or something. Nice.
2: That's yeah. right, yeah, an email Wednesday night. No, no, it wasn't that, actually. It was saying that uh, my request for my refund for the duplicate booking had been refunded. And there was no and such thing
1: as a duplicate booking or refund? There
2: was no such thing, as far as I was aware. Then, of course, you start, you start uh, second-guessing yourself, went back over all the emails, sure, so I said, no, there was no second booking. Then I thought it was a scam. And, um, of course, no customer service uh, at 9 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. So, wait till the following morning, got online. Behind five hundred and fifteen people, used do you to can there, you
1: see it? that you're five hundred and fifteen in the queue.
2: You can, you can you can see it. You can see it whittling down. It was an hour and fifteen minutes waiting to get on. on that time, that was the first morning.
1: Wow, that's a lot of people to be processing. And when you Isn't say it? get on, is it is it like is it type chat or do you actually speak it's to
2: thing? It's type. I couldn't get on, I couldn't get on the um, the phone. Couldn't get on the phone. There was nobody answering the phone. So I tried the online. Eventually, as I say, it got on to uh, be told that um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a system error and that there were others like it. no that was the only time that they ever said that, that there was others in the same position as the, as the week went on and I was asking how many more people are in the same position I was told I can't give you that information but lots of so other people I were getting on.
1: these emails yeah
2: yeah. I'd, were they did you did you because that's why i came on to you to see was there
1: people no there, you're yeah. telling me that they told you oh, that yeah. there were others yeah no i haven't I a haven't notion all, all I know yeah. is that you wanted to go on holidays first family holiday in five years um, yeah I think was it your son had been through a lot of surgery I believe it
2: well years ago um years ago he he had he had a hamstring lengthening procedure that um yeah it it, it went it didn't turn out great, and he was left with a lot of nerve pain that went on for a while. So, really, that started the that, that kind of took us out of the holiday scene for a oh, while, and then yeah. COVID hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but listen, that's listen, you know, in a way, first world problems too. I mean, holidays aren't to be all and end all. No, they're not. But the point I'm trying you. to make is, when you're going with somebody with special needs, and you're going on flight, it's already stressful.
1: Because your son would be wheelchair user, wouldn't he?
2: He's a wheelchair user and he also has autism as well.
1: So do you have to put a lot of planning into where you go and the accommodation that you book and everything?
2: You, you couldn't believe the amount of planning that I do, Neil. <clears throat> I could do weeks and weeks of sprawling uh, TripAdvisor, different reviews to make sure that accommodations are suitable because we've been, we've been caught up with little things before and even though they're little things to other people, they're huge to us. Two steps at a door could actually ruin a holiday for us you're lifting that you're lifting the wheelchair I every know time oh, you could you imagine now.
1: a lift that doesn't work or something like that yeah, that,
2: that happened to us Go ahead. that happened to us oh
1: yeah.
2: my god so like you've, you've what are do you like in, if
1: could you be on the fifth floor a broken lift and, and a son in a wheelchair
2: uh, it happened to us years ago no thanks to God at the time he was, oh, we were able to carry him but there was a broken lift we were only on the first floor but it, 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 it was a nightmare could you imagine if you were up on the third or fourth floor with an adult
1: very interested in this because you would need to book um Accommodation with the shower, probably not a bath kind of thing, yeah?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about Spain now and places, you know, like Spain and Portugal, a lot of the accommodations that that are affordable, Neil, are actually the older the older types. So they don't have um they don't have wheelchair Facilities—they don't have a shower, yeah. no. So you, you're there for now. You're paying over the odds, and straight away for everything. I
1: know, I know, you know I know.
2: You have to go to better accommodation, the newer. So you hotels, have to think about the all
1: the minutia, like even even hills up from the from the old town, or you know, that's right. You wouldn't yeah, want to, because yeah, right. I could be bait with the, with the wheelchair, yeah,
2: absolutely. And then you're trying to get into a taxi, and getting into a taxi is just another ordeal. So there's enough lot to consider, and then <clears throat> to think that you wouldn't have a flight when you go into the airport. <clears throat> with a child with autism, you I mean I have to prepare prepare him you now all day today for tomorrow. Where are you flying on. out of? We're, not, we're flying now, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, out of Cork. So I, out of Cork. i went in the notes of the boarding passes this morning, and it, it there's a duplicate booking there. now so I've I've eight boarding passes now for the four of us this morning.
1: <laughs> eight different seats, or the same seats twice?
2: Eight different seats. Oh God! Oh
1: God. <laughs> yeah. Are you you yeah. sure you haven't paid for them twice? I, I better not have you want to check your bank account and see if you've no. actually paid for eight flights.
2: I, I, you see, they said that the, re- the refund was coming in, but up to last night, there was no refund but, but also, night, other people no who
1: might want, want to go to Malaga can't now, because you have eight seats Ex- instead of four.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'll go with you. That's what my sister-in-law said, well, they go book me on there. I I, it. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's mind-boggling. And then the whole time that you're trying to start this... You're 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 dealing with a computer. You're, you you kind of even get a face to face or over the phone to talk to somebody in real time. Uh, like where where is the custom? Where where is the the human interface has gone? You've no chance to kind of state your case, be reasonable. You know, say, look, I'll actually help you here. What I'll do is this. You, you've no you've no chance to do anything. Well, I think
1: everything has migrated to online chat now, hasn't it? Everything, I mean, the, the, the most frustrating one of them all is. is the bots. You know, the ones that their automated response. They yeah, absolutely yeah. wreck my head. They are yeah. so impersonal. Like, and then they will give you five different que- answers. Options, that they, you yeah. know, and I just think, would you, I'm penning, spending money here. Would you cop on with the bots? It's
2: unbelievable. Jo-. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose, like, the, look, the, the average person can manage away with these. Look, if this is just me going tomorrow out there to hell, with I could book on your lingus there. Thanks for the God, a few bob and whatever, right? But you, when you're traveling with somebody, you know, who has needs, it is com- it is a completely different kettle of fish.
1: I know, and it's the reaction, different. of course, from Ben, if he had been told, you're not going to Malaga, that would have been tough, wouldn't it?
2: Well, it, it's already tough, because he, he just said to me this morning, you know, I'm not going, because he's been listening to this now all week, you see. Oh, so he he's probably got probably it has set a, bit of a his negative mind. He doesn't, yeah. But look, I'll sort that out, but it's um, it's just, uh, listen, in this day and age, it's not good enough, this kind of carry-on. I don't no. mind, it. listen, mistakes happen, mistakes happen all the time. It's the frustration of not being able to pick up a phone get onto somebody and start it.
1: In every walk of life, it isn't just booking flights, it could be a hotel, it could be an insurance yeah. thing, it could be anything. It could be waiting for yeah. passports, or everything is online, yeah. you know, it could be the bank, you name it. Yeah. you know Everything, t- how, you
2: would know, th- how would my parents' generation deal with this all week? They wouldn't have been able. Well,
1: well, I know in my own case with with my dad, I have to do a lot of it for him because it's an online world now, and I'm not, yeah. you know, it's just I've no problem doing it. But you yeah, like if, for instance, if even your energy bills are querying anything like that, it could be Absolutely. energy, it could be electricity. Yeah. They've all done that. All change. Absolutely. So, for an older fair. generation, it's an absolute nightmare, I'd say.
2: Nightmare. A nightmare. And they're already afraid of technology, you know. And then something like this happens, they don't know if it's a scam, they don't know if they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing. It's just not good enough. I said to them in the email, in one of my emails, there you see it. Like everybody deserves a fair and a manageable system, and this this isn't fair nor manageable for most people.
1: I know, I know, it's it's tough enough on the elderly as it is, because I'm forever saying, But you don't be opening the front door. Look out the front window mm-hmm. first before you answer the door." And like you know, like I hate having to say these kind of things, but I know. you literally have no idea who's calling to the front door now anymore, and they can be yeah. quite persistent, you know.
2: Just Absolutely, I'll tell you a good one. We're blue in the face here from telling my, my, my parents-in-law and my, my father, don't be answering no phone numbers that you don't know, don't be answering. I know. And I, I had drilled it in so much into their heads that I put it into my own head. And last week, a Dublin number rang my phone and I said, I better not answer that. And with the look of God, I answered it. And wasn't it? My poor old dad was after having a fall next door and it was his alarm. Go away! Bringing me to say that he was after having a phone follow- and I was looking at the phone, but I'm not going to answer that. No, it's a scam. You doctor. see, that's
1: the world we live yeah. in now. I Don't recognise the monster. I had it, I myself
2: programmed. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. But listen, um, enjoy the holiday. The weather will be lovely. You might have paid for four seats, but you might end up having eight, so you can have a bit of a stretch out on the flight to Malaga. <laughs>
2: Uh, we deserve it now.
1: After all uh. lovely chatting with you, Sinead. Take care. Me too,
2: you too. Thank you. All the best. Take Text
1: eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on eight one eight one zero four one zero six. A couple of the other stories making the papers today: um, shock horror, or should I say, chalk horror? Uh, they're only after going and reducing the size of our Easter eggs yet again. Apparently, the latest Cadbury's Easter eggs have shrunk by nearly ten percent since before the pandemic began. They're not blaming the pandemic on this thing. They're probably blaming the cost of chocolate, and they're trying to slash costs but things have just got i know that my hands have got bigger since i was a child clearly but it has struck me for many years now the chocolate bars and everything certainly the stuff i remember from my youth have got tweenchy much much smaller proof of it this morning and one or two other coloury interest ones to make the papers today and um, they did a survey of employers uh, and employers still believe that people who go for job interviews male or female, whatever you have in yourself, should wear a suit. It's still the job for interviews, a suit. Um, Suits are still popular enough. I think what really has taken a back seat now are ties. I've got about 200 ties, I'd say. Seriously, I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. And I can't remember the last time I actually wore a tie with any suit. Uh, so I'm delighted to hear that suits are still in, because there's nothing sharper uh, than a black suit and a white shirt, don't you think? Back after the break.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818-104-106, Red FM.
1: I'd say this is the week now that everybody, those that can afford to, or those that have the time, will be heading off to sunnier climbs, it being the Easter Halls, two weeks off school. How are you going to cope? particularly if you're not going overseas or not going on any kind of holiday. But many will be and there'll be big demand for sunshine destinations. Tracy, good morning. Good
4: morning, Neil. How are
1: you? I'm well, thank you. I'm fierce and nosy though. Are you taking the kids away as well because it's the Easter break and stuff like that?
3: no no basically what it is is i'm 50 in july and my husband and the children planned london for my 50th in july fantastic yeah and um on thursday morning my husband just happened to go through he was looking for something in email so i think that's the point uh, i was trying to get across now here Nate, if you weren't looking in your email and your spam and junk mail and stuff like that you wouldn't have seen that your your flight have been cancelled till you go look for them. Does that make sense? So basically what it was, was Thursday morning, my husband was looking for something in an email and this Rainier red alert thing showed up. So he was suspicious about clicking it, but then I had our names and the dates and the flights for July. So he hit on it and it basically said that um, your flights have been cancelled and a refund will be refunded to the card you the booking on. He must so my have gone into
1: Meltdown, your 50th, planned by the yeah. kids for a long time. Yeah,
3: oh, so he God. rang me and he said, um, You know, Tracy, is there something wrong? And have you something to tell me? And I kind of went, No. I was trying to think first, What well, have I spent money on that's after showing up on the visa bill or something? <laughs> and I said, No, what's wrong? And he said, uh, The flights for London are cancelled. And I said, What? He said, Yeah. I said, Get out of here. And he said, No, on my life. So, and he said, Look, he was at work. I was off. He said, Look, if I text you through a phone number, will you try and get through to them so I rang and about two and a half hours later I eventually got
1: to speak with someone what do you mean and like are you on hold or what for two and a half hours
3: uh, no I was engaged It was engaged let a message press star if you want us to ring you back and I wasn't going to do any of that because I needed to speak with someone to find out what had happened to okay. flight so you know two know I mean? and a
1: half hours you sat there
3: two, two and a half hours I sat at home in the kitchen listening to you by the way in the background <laughs> and uh, do you know I actually thought Neil it was a scam because usually if something like this happens When you go on Facebook or if you go online, you'll see hundreds of people complaining about it. But there seems to be no one complaining about it. That's what made me think then is this a scam, do you know, because there's so much scams going on with Yeah, well, it
1: could be a scam in the sense that they say, click here um, to uh, access your refund. You click on it Correct. and they ask you for your bank details. Your credit card, and then yeah. You're, so then you're stupid. absolutely... Yeah, then it's
3: the scam, yeah. Yeah. So, so. like, because Rainier don't refund anyone money, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, to cut the yeah. long story short, I eventually got to speak with someone and uh, I just told them what had happened and she said, uh, yeah, that there was an error on their behalf and, yes, you Flights have been cancelled and you have been refunded. But don't worry, in 28 to 48 hours, we will reissue you the ticket. And he said, You'll just need to pay for them again. So, my point what? was, is that what you we had to had do? no this is what he was saying this is what he was saying we were to do yeah. so my point was when we booked them go when, when my husband and the children booked them gone back months ago there's a big variation now in price from then to if we booked them now Right. so he was just saying listen madam will you let me speak <sighs> you know when you're eager on the phone you want to find out so I suggest, yes I'm listening madam so, uh, how you feel madam, about being called yeah. madam yeah. do you know what no I didn't care I just you know I just want to be started uh, to be quite honest got you anything so, (laughs) Yeah, so he said, what will happen in 24 to 48 hours, he said, you'll have an email back from us, and the card you paid with, he said, um, just put in those details again, and you'll have them at the same price, the same date, so I said, okay, so that was Thursday, so Friday was 24 hours, Saturday was 48 hours, of course the weekend, nothing showed up on emails, so I tried ringing them yesterday, but they're only a Monday to Saturday um, call line, so... Yeah, and then this morning my husband got an email at about half past five to say that we have refunded you and we are reissuing your tickets. But when we checked our name with the bank, there's nothing has to be refunded. So my husband sent one of these webmail things, and they just said they'll be back within 24 hours. But not to worry, your tickets are there.
1: Okay, but do you have a boarding pass yet?
3: No, no. When are you going? July, July oh, of course July you the won't second. have a boarding pass. Yeah, no, July. you wouldn't have yeah. any... You, like, I still have a bit of time, but it's not the point. You know what I mean? When you've uh, accommodation booked, and you've show booked, and you've dinner booked, and stuff like Who that. Who needs no, it is. that
1: kind of stress, yeah.
3: yeah. I know, but yeah. my point was, like, there's no way now we're rebooking them at, like, €600 Euro more That's than what thing. we paid yeah, for them. Know. Do you know what yeah, I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I was just... I, I also wonder just why, fully convinced. Why, can't, why can't... if If Ryanair have some kind of an error... Why don't yes, they send yeah. out an email straight away to people saying, sorry, that email was sent out in error, we're going to rectify it, don't worry about it. Why do people have to go on the phone and wait and wait and wait for hours to get an explanation? I don't
3: know, but I mean, as, like my, as my sister would send to me, Trace, I said, no, oh, no, that sounds dodgy. Uh, Rainier would never give refunds or this and this. That's and, the world you know you know we live I mean? in
0: now, where we need yeah, to be on red alert
1: to every email, everybody. phone, call, text. Yeah. But tell, me, tell me about the trip. What shows booked?
3: Uh, that was a surprise. I to see what happened. Neil originally was it was meant to be all a surprise, but I came home one night. Um, I was meeting out with a friend for dinner, and it was kind of all hush hush. And the laptop was being closed down, and I said, "What's going on?" They were saying nothing, nothing, and I knew by one of my daughters, I knew there was something. Else. So they had to tell me. So on Mother's Day, they got this cool card made for Mother's Day. Um, from moon back, i think and then on the inside when you open it the chairs were in my eyes a uh, surprise for 50 if we're going to london for five nights and we have a b and c you know things booked so it was amazing it was fantastic and there's well, no way there's no way they'll it. tell
1: you the show no
3: no they haven't told me the show but they said um i think one of the restaurants we're going to is like a rooftop restaurant
1: oh my god uh, They will not tell me the
3: show yeah, July, July fourth is great. my birthday. Yeah, so uh, we're flying on the second place. Oh,
1: all right, I know you'll be flying. All right, have a fabulous yeah. 50, 50 <laughs> with the Thank you so much. So Thank lucky. you so
3: much.
1: Take care. Cheers for now.
3: Thank you. Bye. bye talking
1: bye. about talking about being out. I was out on Friday night. I, I, the weekend of a twenty-one-year-old, to be quite honest, I was out on Friday night inside in town. I was in Kinsale at an 80 birthday on Saturday night. It was down in Killarney yesterday. I've been eating my way around Cork and Kerry, um, but uh, Friday night. Um, the city was absolutely rocking and we were out to dinner with friends. Uh, forgive me, I can't remember the name of the goddamn restaurant, a fabulous new Italian on Bridge Street, a really cracking spot. And afterwards, we were there for hours now. You know where you get chatting and you get chatting with people. And from there then, I had this brainwave when we were leaving because one of the lads said, well, are you going home or do you want to hang out for another half an hour? So we walked around the corner onto. Um, McCartney Street, and it was absolutely rocking. It was fa- it's fabulous the way McCartney Street has come to life. It really has. I'd love to see more streets. You know, I'd love to see North Main Street, say for instance, take off uh, like um, McCartney Street. Have and to an extent also the likes of of Barrack Street. But McCartney Street is a huge success story, and the pubs were rocking, and the restaurants were rocking, and people were out walking. They were standing outside, and they were. Having a smoke and having their drinks and everything was fabulous. So I popped into the Shelburne just for for half an hour. One of the reasons was I wanted to see this bottle of Teeling's whiskey. Do you remember the whiskey we did last week? Where a man spent some like was it what was it four hundred and seventy euro a shot or something? He had two shots of it. So when I went and annoying annoying the bar staff, so they brought it out and got to hold the bottle and got a photograph with the bottle of Teeling's, <laughs> all that kind of thing. But you know what? I ended up doing something because I got a taxi home. It was the first time in a in a long, long time that I've been in a taxi. And I ended up doing what I always seem to do every time I get into a taxi. I asked the same stupid questions of the taxi driver that everybody else asks, taxi drivers. And I heard the words coming out of my mouth and I say, oh my God, what are you saying? You know the way it is. You send it to a taxi, you say, are you out long? Yeah, the man, then I'm sure he's blue in the face listening to these stupid. The car is immaculate, it's really clean. Is this a hybrid? Or, uh, what time will you work till you want to stare inside in the front? Say, Jesus, does this guy ever leave me alone? What time do you start at? <laughs> you know, the questions that you ask taxi drivers, and then if they haven't had enough, you say, You're busy. <laughs> it's like. It's like when people go into a hairdresser or a barber, we seem to go into this kind of automatic default, I must ask stu- g- stupid questions. Like you sit, you ever get your hair done, say for instance in a hair salon, and you're listening to me as a female sitting down in the chair, you probably automatically ask the hairstylist, any holidays
0: booked? Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 Cork's Red FM.
1: Yes, indeedy. Um, there's uh, research out at the moment, and this will fit well in my next conversation with the uh, stress levels that people go through, the anxiety and the worry when trying to find somebody in the trades. For many of us, me included, we tend to try and hold on, don't we, to the same painter. Or we try and hold on to the same electrician or the same plumber or the same carpenter who does good work and you just want to stay with them or, you know, the same plasterer or the same handyman or whatever, because you can rely on them. A lot of the time, then, if you're not in that position, you might get word of mouth or a recommendation because it's just so hard now to get someone that you can trust that's going to give you a proper price and do fantastic work by all accounts. Alan, good morning. Morning, Now, evening. because you may well go down the legal route, I am no interest in the wide earthly world as to who did this botch job for you. But it cost thousands, did it? It cost thousands,
5: and it, like uh, to myself and my partner, like it was, and a, a massive, massive amount of money. Like we went away, like in total, we spent out about. Seven thousand, but like towards the actual concrete work itself, like that was meant to be six thousand eight hundred and fifty. Now, saying that we got some of it back and all to that, but like it's um like what we were left with is just uh, you saw the pictures yourself.
1: Okay, so, so yeah, I did see them, and they're atrocious. And I'm f- I'm probably the most unhandiest man in the world, but I can tell you, I- I'd lay paving bricks better than that. But tell me about the whole job. Like, so, yeah, so basically, like, we had this lad come in,
5: and originally, like, what he was doing, when we bought our house, we bought the house about six or seven months ago, and produce punch later, so like, we two young kids, like, so, like, our, our main goal was putting a roof over our heads. And then, which, yeah, it was all overgrown out the back, so there was massive trees and bushing and all that kind of stuff, so we had got this lad in originally to clear the back yard. Clear it away, prepared, yeah. yeah, To clear that away, exactly. And while, while he was doing that just sparked up conversation. Now, to be fair, he was dealing more so with Laura, my partner, than myself. Like, I'm working shifts, so I could have been coming off nights or whatever. But then, he was speaking with Laura, and Laura, like, just in in conversation, what are you planning on doing afterwards, and this, that, and the other. So, she let him know, like, and, he said, look, I have the same kind of job done outside my own backyard, He was like, it's a similar area. He was like, do you mind if I get in contact with the lad that did my work? Just come back with a quote and see if it's anything competitive. What did you what
1: want? Did, what did you Okay, so the the, the garden yeah. was cleared, so it was in a, 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 a big open space. What had you wanted done?
5: So what we wanted done, basically, is like the garden that we had, it was grass, unlevel. It was just, it was a tripping hazard, basically. It was dangerous to be out there with the kid. Like, do you know what I mean? So well, our plan was to have it concreted lot of it but leave space at the end for like some decorative stone or maybe a little fairy garden or something like that for the kids and like our thing was to put artificial grass on top of it then have a little deck and then stuff like that like you know like this is no overtime like but like what we were left with like we don't have like even now looking out the back window like we were to put slabbing or anything up on top of that like it's just going to pour into our house like you know like as in just puddles and pools all over so like or basically, so a man went
1: away, chatted with some some guy, and this guy called. Is it? No, no. So he said,
5: so basically, he went away, he came back to ourselves, and said that the lives in contact. We can do it for six thousand eight hundred fifty euros, and we said, look, we're saving ourselves about a thousand euros if we go with it. He showed us the work, uh, like his apparent work, and we were saying, yeah, geez, look, that's great. We'll go with that. Appreciate it. And what he said then was that his lads were going to be coming back, like the lads that worked under him to dig up the back garden and lay gravel and such and such. And we said, yeah, that's fine. Maybe it was like the other guy, Paddy, that he was in contact with that did his back garden was coming then about a week later to lay the concrete. Pour the concrete, and is it? Pour the concrete, yeah. Sorry, yeah, not lay the yeah, concrete. Yeah, pour yeah. the concrete. Yeah.
1: And then... We were fine with that then there You was saw photographs of that. work that have been done did you see you see you see website photographs website
5: photographs and like what I reckon he actually did was like like' cause, like he the person that we were dealing with originally is in landscaping and gardening and even at that like once you' speaking to somebody with landscaper written across their trunk to chest they're saying, yeah obviously this person knows what they're speaking about like you know I was in why would you put your name towards something that you can't do and um so, or that couldn't get sorted, but eh, uh, but that's besides the point anyway. I came to all, I came back one day, and the lads that have, were digging up the garden were pouring the concrete. Suddenly, as well, a guy, like, like, "What's the story here? Why are you pouring the concrete?" You know, like as in, what was the concrete the being?
1: Was it being poured directly onto earth? Uh, no, no, not directly onto earth. So, like as in, they like,
5: they'd come they. Put down gravel or stone or whatever it was like you know and they kind of used the whacker and flattened it out and all this kind of stuff yeah and like they told us that they were going to be putting out a, a, a slight kind of like downward incline or whatever so that when it's raining the rain would pour off the end and it won't like this down I because i was questioning Why is there no drainage in this and uh like there's just so much wrong with it like you know and like i've shared the said, photographs there, yourself, on, on not, social
1: media actually if
5: said, exactly me. but like as you said yourself like you're not a handyman I'm number two there when it comes to it, like as in they game, like, I'm awful with my hands, don't get me wrong, I'll try anything, like, but, like, the, when I was looking, I thought that they were going to pour half the garden, put in, like, an expansion joint, and then pour the other half of the garden, what that's what made do? sense to me, they just, literally, I came home one day and they poured the whole back garden, left two by fours going up the middle of the garden, like, there's lines on the, the pictures that you shared on social media, and, are like, those lines
1: two by fours down the middle of the concrete?
5: Exactly, like, and they tried to tell me that that was an expansion joint. I just turned around and goes, lads. I goes, I don't know what kind of person you think you're speaking to, but I was like, I'm not tick I was like, and I, my par- my partner, like, we have to spend our life savings on this house. Like, she's not going to be happy coming down and seeing this. So, I was like, that needs to be. And, and how long did it take them know?
1: to do that?
5: So to do the whole job, they were, and I know, um, like, as in, like, clearing the trees, this standard, probably took about three weeks, I'd say, in total. They told us originally that it was going to take, like, kind of anywhere between, like, the best part, maybe a week to, like, 10 days or so. To pay up front? But, like uh, no, so like what we'd done originally was like we paid for the trees being cleared and the bushes obviously separately, that was fine. Then we paid like say 1500 euros. Then three days later, he was like, Oh, I just need 500 for such and such things. So we're like, again, yeah, no matter. And then it was once they got to the end, your man had six grand and his pocket belonged to us. And that's like when the day I came home, I was like, What are they after leaving us with? And then like the thing was like he called us to bring us back home. He was like, Oh, if you want to come down, just take a final look. Cause like we were questioning him at the whole last day, we were saying, like those lines it like, uh, they're obviously going to blend in clean and like it's not going to have any issue
1: it's the kind of job that you would cover you know I mean you couldn't like, it, you couldn't live with like, that like if it was to be concrete to it, like, it should does, be beautiful to look at but this is all like different the, colours and it's grey here and it's light in other places these shocking and the lines like, and patch kind of like jobs even
5: like the lines
1: if they had sorry uh. no for speaking over you but like even if it was like anyway symmetrical do you
5: know what I mean as in like there's like massive bit hair and then there's like three small ones over to the there's like a
1: little run there's a of little pathway in the middle then. That, oh, exactly. It's, it's like, well, it's just, it's just so wrong. And like, you know, like,
5: no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even the kind of person that would ever do this. Like, get onto yourself or anything. No, like but that so is, there was I the think, landscaper, the, the
1: landscaper came back to do this. That's it, exactly. Okay. Like, they came All back right. and they did the job themselves. Okay. So how did it end up with them in conversation then, having given him six grand?
5: So, basically, in conversation with him, like, it was, uh, when they were clearing the back garden, like, your man was speaking with Laura, uh, the fellow that we were dealing with that was meant to be getting somebody else in to do it. And then um, she was speaking to him, and, like, the lad that we had originally coming out to do it, we'd seen all his work as well, and it was beautiful work. It really was, like, so he stole the work from underneath somebody else's nose as well. And um. But like, he, like, it's just, the only way to, like, describe him, no, he's a tricky, is the way to put it, like. Okay, it. and, and he got the guy who was going to originally do
1: the work, was that substantially more? Oh, no, to say substantially,
5: no, like, we, that was that would have been in around 8,000 euros. Okay, and did he, he come,
1: did he come and look at the job afterwards?
5: Oh, yeah, no, well, no, no, I hadn't, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't had him out, but, like, I've had, there was a lad that's working across the road for me, he's doing a lot of groundwork for one of my neighbours, and, like, when he saw it, like, he was horrified by it, you know, and, like, my buddies, like, their parents, uh, one of my buddies' dad is working in construction, just that, and the other for the last, like, 30 years, and when he saw it, it was he was like, "He's like, I don't know what you can actually even do with it. Why you know have I, I mean? photographs
1: of the front and the and the, yes. the cobble lock? Oh, yeah, so, like, the front garden there, like, the
5: brickwork that was out the front, and I'm saying that it was absolutely beautiful or anything like that. But it was again nice and level. It was the people, like the people that owned the house previous to us, had done that work. Yeah, and we had no intention to do anything with our front garden. We don't no. have means to do and it. Probably it would have power
1: hosed it. it, but that's probably
5: all. Yeah. yeah, no, the power hose is fine. But like, as I make, there's bricks just laying, like thrown up against the wall that they just basically just ripped up from our front garden. Why? There's because they were driving over like they put no I asked them when they were when they bought uh, like the little digger and the little dump truck and all that I was said you're obviously going to have platforms or whatever and they were like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So, you know that was the no platforming or anything like that Like, so they were just literally just driving over ruining our brickwork and as well as that then there's just a lot of cement that day had news, just they just threw it to the grass. It's insane, it's, insane. You know, it's, it's
1: insane. insane, it's insane. Hang in there, I'm going to come back after 10. Text 0868 Have a look at the photographs online yourself. Back after 10.
2: I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international
3: news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on
1: redfm.ie.
0: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Okay, so
1: what have people been been saying about uh, cowboy builders? That's just a lump of poured concrete. Did they not ask immediately before it was even dry what's going on? I would. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have paid them in any way, shape or form. Never mind expecting it ever to be a dream garden. Uh, Sorry you lost the money. Uh, There are so few builders now that they won't even work for fair wages anymore. And people still trying to get work done cheaply. And they're expecting that the work done cheaply will be work done well. Uh, We have builders doing our house for two years now. It was meant to take six months. It is a builder's world, full stop. Those photographs are shocking. I feel sorry for the people left with this. They probably saved so long. To get their dream garden, and now they're left with this. It's the kind of it's the kind of pouring of concrete, Alan, that you might do um, in a builder's yard just to store things upon. You know, like it's it's not anything that you'd be left to live with, unless you end up, as you say, you might do. You might just maybe put astroturf on it or something.
5: Exactly, and like that was like uh, what we're looking at here. Neil, basically like, and I was reading like them comments, said uh, not many people go. Oh, don't read the comment, this that and the other. Like, and I get where people are coming from saying like how is that a perfect garden dream garden it's like, it isn't at all like, that's just the furthest thing from it like what we had planned was like to have is low maintenance not low maintenance absolutely no maintenance have artificial grass in there a bit of decking and all that but
1: would you be able to put artificial grass just on the whole thing and be done with it I don't think
5: so, like, because I'm looking out here now, like, and it's just, like, right down through the middle, like, there's just a line of water. Ah, like, well, if the, the
1: water's main, lodging, forget about it, yeah. Like, that's so away. Like, Did you get it's, any it's, money back off him?
5: Yeah, so, like, that's where I'm going to, like, because, like, he came back to me when I told him, like, the job is absolutely falling. But he came back and he offered me a thousand euro. He said, like, this is what I can give you. It cost me five and a half thousand euros to do the job. I can only afford to give you a thousand. You paid six, so you're getting 500 extra back, whatever. He was like, hold on a second. He was like, you're having a laugh if you think that that's going to be the case and um, he came back after I told him I was like look I was like, if, that, if that's the way you want to go about things I can go down the legal route I was like I don't want to I, was like, I don't think anyone ever does but I was like I'm not going to be just road like that I was like I'm just not having it yeah but like in the end anyway we ended up getting like 3,700 back off and there they're about 3,750 saying that like he's still like myself in Laura, like we have a kid uh, we have our little girl she's three we have another little boy five weeks old as that one of them people said like their savings we had savings upon go going to the credit union to get a loan to uh, get this done no, we friend, were promised to finish and like it was meant to be like the ground up do you know that kind of way like and now we're just looking as it's like we're just stuck with the ground do you know and it's just a, it, I don't know about it. it's okay so it's
1: your up. two and a half grand out for a he, job that's going to have to be cangoed up is it
5: Exactly, can go like by the looks of it. Anyway, like I don't know what any other way it could be done. Like, but like we're two and a half grand over for something that's got to, have to be can go up, and like just the look in that man's face, trying to stand over the work and say like, no, like I, if, I like when I said it, it was like if it was out drawing back here, and would you be proud to bring your parents back in and say, look, this is what we're after getting done. this is the plan. he's like yeah, yeah, I would, I would. It's just like you oh. know, it very much. No, I mean, all. like you know, it, it, it's it's
1: just. Awful, you know, sure. even, and even if you did cover it, as perhaps you were going to cover part of it and maybe It'll slab close. another part of it, all you'd, all you'd have you know. is pools of water. It rains in Ireland a lot, like that, so. that's it,
5: Like so, it, between last night and this morning, like you know, like I'm honest to God, I could dive into it if I wanted. Like,
1: oh, listen, I feel your pain. So, was this a cash job? Um, so it was cash, yeah. So okay. I, like that's any thing invoice? Any VAT number? No, nah,
5: nah. and I turned around and I said that to him at the end as well. I goes, Look, oh, that's fine. I go, I doubt that you're even going through your books with this job, seeing that you were so fast to take cash off us of all week. And over the last couple of weeks, as I saw, like, so, you know, like he, he changed his tune fairly fast, like, you know, but still looking like I don't even want to kind of like go down that route. It's more so like I'd rather just say it to people, if you're ever getting anybody in, even if they have a portfolio in front of them, they're showing you this, that, and the other double-checking, triple-checking, just making sure... That what do you to think you should do? Do you think you should this?
1: be able to go around and look at work that's already been done and uh, maybe even ask the people who had the work done? As you said, this is a lot of this is a credit union loan. For a lot and of I, people, they save hard.
5: We'll put it this way, like, as in, like, my, my brother, he's a carpenter for 20-plus years or so, and like, his, everything that he has done or will be doing, and that's work in progress and all that, like, it's all photos put up on a, an Instagram page or whatever like I'm not saying that people no, have to have it like rob, that, but,
1: but on social media so called trades people who claim to be tradesmen rob photographs of other people's work I suppose yeah, I, wouldn't, they, I wouldn't have thought that oh no they do. Still, uh, like oh, yeah, they do some sort of
5: portfolio though or like as you say even like if it was oh look I've work being done up the top of Barnabere like work being done out in Frankfield or whatever no no
1: I know that Yeah, but no and just on that point for fear that people don't know I've, I've seen we dealt with this some months back where people were getting crazy paving and pad, um, paving and all sorts of things done in their garden and they were shown photographs on a website but we did uh, a, a Google reverse on the photograph or some term like that where you can actually find out where the source of the photograph was it was belonged to another company
5: well, you know? I, don't know. I suppose that's just the world that we live in, then do you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, like, it's the same thing. You're going to have to place your trust in somebody somewhat, do you know, like, as in, like, at the end of the day for getting somebody in from trade or anybody at all doing any kind of work, so like, you know, there's got to be some degree of trust, like, you know. What are you going to do now? I don't know. Like, we're saying, like, like, if we wanted to get it fixed, realistically speaking, what most people are saying to us is, like, that'll have to be dug up and redone really if we want to done what we have, and they saying that like it's it's not like it's digging up earth again you know like it's digging up four or five inches of concrete or whatever or four inches of concrete so it's I don't know like I think we're just kind of stuck with it more or less to be honest for the time being like because it's
1: just got to cost way more than what we expected uh, to be able to dig this up and redo it. I know, you know, I, mean? I, know I know, I know. We don't I know. have to music. Okay, you know? listen, I appreciate coming on warning people that they need to be aware and alert. There's a lot of text on this. Here's another one. There is no shortage of cowboys out there, more so than ever. Uh, there should be a law against them because they destroy people's lives. Well, there there are laws, but, you know, uh, a lot of the time you've got to go down the legal route and it's he says, she says. It could be the small claims court and, you know... Uh, but and, like, that, that
5: was our thing, like, was more so, like, if we were to go down through, like, obviously, I guarantee I threatened this, and, like, we seen threatened, like, I kind of knew it was an empty threat, because, like, first of all, like, it was the time to be doing that, like, you know, like, we've our lives to be living, we a young family, this time, we're both working well, large, I'm turning it one, facility still, like, we're working in that. And then it was just... Yeah, like, I know, I you wanted to have done around. ahead like, of the you, summer. Yeah, if I we know. get something back, at least we have something to commit. Maybe do something, and we might be able to do Might be able to do that, and as well as that, that he just doesn't get to run away with six grand in his pocket. Well, I mean, fair play to you. I mean, I mean bank, you did get, you know I mean? did get a
1: wedge of it back. In fairness to you, yeah.
5: Yeah, you know, I like that. That that's the way. Like, I'm not going to say and they go poor me because you know, like, like, I have a bit of a backbone as well like, I have no problem saying it to somebody but like, at the same time I'd hate that somebody else went out and
1: just did, got I know did you see the, the text from like, people who looked at the photographs who were saying that under any circumstances in the wide earthly world no one should ever pay for a job until it's 100% finished
5: well what I hate
1: to say is that I have a bit of life experience here and
5: I get a little bit of life experience gained anyway just because I, I bought be making that mistake I know again, fair right? place yeah. paying oh, somebody during it. the week and yeah, all that I know I know I know how it could turn out now. And Joe Madrid, you know he was such a nice bloke. Your man that was dealing with it, and I thought this fella, fuck, he's a he Doesn't you know? Like, is in fair play. to him, like, going out and doing us a favor. My partner was nine months pregnant at the time when he actually started dealing with her. So I just thought, there's no way. Like, I just couldn't find it in my mind that somebody would take advantage of somebody like that. Do you know? And I know.
1: Listen, if if I hear of there, anyone right? that might get in touch as a professional to go and assess the work, I'll I'll pitch him your way. You know, uh, that's the best. It, I can it, say.
5: Jesus, Neil, if you would have been brilliant, babe. Right, uh, okay. great,
1: great greatly right. appreciate maybe somebody who's in the trade or in that area of expertise might take a look at our social media platforms Twitter and Facebook have a look at the photographs of themselves alright be back to you and stay in touch Alan if there's any updates alright
5: I oh, will of course sorry up about that
1: me as well. best of luck not at all and buyer beware as the fella says time after time after time uh, that's so terrible I wouldn't have given them any money until the work was done another one what a shocking standard of work cowboys ripping people off everyone should know who these gangsters are uh, do you get to speak to the builder express concerns and issues has the builder offered or refused to resolve the problems no uh, just gave uh, a fairly substantial uh, refund but there's still two and a half grand out of pocket from a six grand job um, again more people saying never pay for a job until it's completely done 100% to your satisfaction pay then and somebody else saying uh, if you paid for it up front Did you ever hear the saying, pay peanuts, you get monkeys? No one deserves to be ripped off. I'm not victim shaming, but people need to take responsibility and hire professionals. Get more than one quote. Oh, that's so important. Always get a second quote. It's so important. Go see the work that's been carried out previously. Speak with previous customers if you can. Arrange staged and staggered payments if necessary. Hire a quantity surveyor or an architect if needed. Reputable tradesmen will not have any issues with any of the above. And a final one, I'd never pay for that job, and I demand to cover the cost of restoring it to its original state. Don't know the full story, but people should never, ever choose a contractor without seeing their prior work. They shouldn't pay in full or in advance. That's exactly what happened if you do that. Particularly if you pay in advance, you have no recall. Susan, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Thank you for holding for so long. Is this a story no about uh, a family member, is it?
3: Yeah, it's a family member, that's right.
1: Okay, what happened?
3: So she hired a contracting company to knock it, knock it, it was quite a dangerous extension, so they came along and they knocked it.
1: Why had they? she they bought the house her... and wanted rid of the extension or something?
3: Um, the, the extension had a bathroom and the bathroom had very dodgy wiring.
1: Okay, all right, I had to go anyway, okay.
3: Yeah, it needed to go, exactly. It would have killed her. So they came along anyway. she got them and she got their quote and they signed their contract and stuff and she had a list of all the contracts. So she went ahead with them.
1: How long ago was this? Uh, May. Oh, so not even a year ago, okay. Yeah.
3: No, and it's, it's very recent and it's still not finished. Right. But um, so they gave her her quote and she agreed to her quote and watch you have it and they came along and they started building anyway. That was fine. Started with the flat roof, so I had someone look at the flat roof for because it didn't look right, so the flat roof had five layers of felt on it, where I should only have two or three. Um, so they were covering up as they were going along, all the mistakes they were making right. for each layer of felt. So they came along and they said, leave it with you. There was one guy and he would just say, leave it with us, and he'd get that fixed. So he got that fixed and that carried on, and then the electrics went in, the plastering was done that had to be all redone again. Down to the tiling, all had to be redone. Her shower had to be only redone recently again.
1: Everything seems um, to have been a nightmare. Every aspect of the job. The
3: whole. Well, I'll put it this way. The whole, the whole job is still not finished. She still hasn't got a home.
1: Okay. And uh, was there an agreed price and everything?
3: There was an agreed price, yeah. Now, bear in mind, she's only 28. She's... She was in a vulnerable position at the time, so I won't go into that now. No, not at reasons.
1: all, not at all. How m- but, but can I ask you, how much was the agreed price?
3: I she she won't allow me to say the price, but the agreed price was definitely more than what should have been paid.
1: Okay, so it was substantial. We're talking about many, yeah. many thousands. Yeah, yeah. T- many, I think many, many, tens many. of thousands.
3: Tens of thousands.
1: Good yeah. God Almighty, tens of, tens thousands. of, thousands. of, thousands. Tens of thousands.
3: Good yeah. God. Um. So they. And in the time, she, she was left with, in the house five months without a kitchen, five months without a shower, five months without running hot water, heating. So it went into, like, even up to Christmas. She only started to get the heating, kind of only started working just before Christmas. Um,
1: and um, would they come and go, or were they on the job yeah, every they day?
3: Would come, no, they weren't on the job every day. They were come and go. There was one day, there was 20 days they didn't turn up. It would, to me, it was like they were hiring subcontractors to come along.
1: Yeah, tendering and for any work anywhere. Just get all the tenders business. in, get it in and we'll yeah. deal with them all then and we'll just juggle all of the different jobs yeah, exactly. and sites and we'll go every exactly. now and then and God knows. Yeah. And, yeah. Like
3: they were they were a building contracting company but they were also landscaping. So while they were doing her place, they'd have another landscaping job maybe the next block down we'll say. And is it
1: normal for landscapers to be builders? Like why would they migrate into no, well, the different well, tr-
3: looking at their web looking at their website, they're both.
1: Okay. But that and kind of sometimes can way mean way. that they're neither, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I do exactly know what you mean because I'll tell you what now, the stress this is after causing on her and on, on me because I'm, I'd i be shouting and roaring at her to try and get in contact with them and eventually I used to start contacting on myself and then they'd bring stress on me. Um, and it's still like not finished, bringing, no? They were bringing walkwilers into her house, they were smoking drugs, they were what? One, of their, one of the people that was doing the job, yeah. There was one of the people on the job. I walked into the house one day and you could actually smell. Now, she works from home as well. So she would be upstairs working and she was living in the house while all this was being done. Um, there was just a dog in the height of the summer there just left out her back garden. A dangerous dog. I think it was a Rockweiler or a Pitbull. It was definitely one or the other.
1: An, un- an unattended Pitbull. Yeah,
3: while well, one of the workers was doing his work. like She might have only ever had two or three people. Down to carpentry was a disgrace. That had to all be redone.
1: Did somebody come in and independently look at the job?
3: No, because they actually had an engineer. So the job came and it was going to all be signed off by their engineer. Yeah, And actually, just on to me there, now I've forgotten, their engineer was a bit of a a an arsewife, we put it. (laughs) So so she didn't, didn't, he got rude with her and he upset her. And she kind of rang them and said, right, I don't want him involved in this job anymore. But he would have to be involved in the job. And who
1: corrected, long. like, who was it picked up on all of the things that needed redoing?
3: Um, kind of myself and her, really, but she was kind
1: of... Oh, for God's uh, sake. You, know, you see, for a job like that, you need an independent engineer yeah. or an architect. Yeah. Might cost you yeah. a few bob, yeah. but they come along and they yeah. sign yeah. off like on all the like different like things. It was
3: phases. really a small extension. Like, the, the, the There's the tens extension, of thousands like of
1: euros, Susan. There's nothing small about that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's is it quite
1: still
0: quite going hard. on?
3: Well, at the moment, I think they're gone because she just they came back and they kind of put a bit of concrete down her back garden when they were actually meant to, that was all meant to be paved and stuff. And she would get phone calls then saying, I'm broke now, I need more money. Um, oh because what was God. said when the engineer, they said, okay, we'll compensate you for the engineer. So she decided herself, because she knew she wouldn't get any money back, she'd hold so- back a little amount that would maybe compensate her for that. But so she was paying
1: independently, she was paying the in- engineer independently?
3: That was all going, no, the builder was paying, It was all all the builder was paying everything.
1: Okay, but it was his engineer?
3: It was his engineer, yeah. I actually think it was his brother, to
1: be quite honest. Ah, no, that's insane. It was a, a and, family. Uh, but is it finished, the job?
3: No, no.
1: Is it no. habitable, the extension?
3: It, the extension is habitable, the kitchen is in, the shower is in. They have only just recently had to retile the shower because the tiles came up.
1: She had to get that so, done by somebody else?
3: No, we managed to get one of them to come back and get another tiler to do that. The plasterer that they had would come in, he plastered the house, they had to get another plasterer to do that. Um, and then another fella had to come in and then sand back the whole lot. So any extra workers, they would get to come in, they would say, OK, look, we can finish the job for so-and-so amount. And then another fellow would come, well, we'll come in and we'll do this, now. it's
1: all wrong. Oh, so she was back. paying extra money then all of the time?
3: No, no, I, we wouldn't allow her pay. They were, they were bringing them in and we wouldn't allow her to give any more money over.
1: Okay, but it says it says here they're gone now with her money and the job still isn't finished.
3: Yeah, the job still isn't finished, her shower still isn't done, her house is not painted. Um, I think there's a little bit of a wall to be plastered still.
1: How is she about all of this?
3: Um, she's not too good. She's she's, she's 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 afraid. To be honest, I think she's afraid.
1: Um, afraid of them?
3: Afraid of them, yeah.
1: Where did she get the referral from? Where did she find them?
3: I'm not actually sure. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Like, I think some of the work that they do, like the paving and stuff, I've seen some of their paving work. <laughs> it's quite good. Well, when it came to her place, then like they even went in. They even went into the next door. They even gave next door some, like her next door neighbors, maybe even some of her boundary. They built a wall, and she wall lost some of her garden. Me. She lost some of her boundary. Don't, not not much, but enough. Yeah, it's. I wonder.
1: You a, know, I wonder. Are, there, really are, know, so I wonder are, are the people who are doing this kind of work just, as I say, trying to get in as many deals as they can? Right. I think they get can. Get in all the they deposits all they can. The money.
3: And, yeah, then, and they're using all the money then on certain other jobs and, and then, then they're, they're jumping
1: around jobs apps, and yeah. they might be hiring yeah. direct labour when they need it and they're keeping all these balls juggling yeah, in the air at that the one would time be an
3: excuse. that would be an excuse all the time for them we're waiting for a plasterer, we're waiting for a carpenter we're waiting for the roofing guy to come along, we're waiting for the plumber to come back we're waiting for this the electrician what's her next now, move now? Be, her next move is that we're just going to try and get it finished for her plumber so I'm going to get like my my husband just, he's quite handy so he's going to do a bit of the tiling on the backslash of the kitchen because that's not even done
1: you're just gonna just call it a bad job and get it like fixed up yourself to have a
3: Christmas in her home like she bought a new like just something simple she bought a new couch and the couch is still wrapped up
1: she so has the builder the ringing her for more money constantly saying and give me that. more money and I'll finish the job and yeah, I'm broke
3: I'll finish it yeah I and she have... had excuses I mean simple excuses like I've just had a baby
1: <sighs> god man Get out I'm the violins. In
3: the hospital. Am I? And that's what we I'm in hospital and that was then I'm in, I'm bankrupt now and then a week later I'm doing this and then he kind of pushed it towards his um, I suppose what would you call them, his foreman? Okay. Okay. So we'd be ringing the foreman and then the foreman would be, let it whip me girl and that's literally all he would say, let it whip me girl and I'll sort it. And that'll be six weeks down the line and then how, he'd come along.
1: How can people find out a route? to navigate through to get really, really it good can. contractors. You,
3: huh? You, you, like, saying that, you do need to get the clothes. I, I completely agree with that. But she was so, she was left in the position that she lived in for the first time, I'd say. And
1: naive, maybe. A, uh, understandable. And understandable. Yeah.
3: Naive and very honest. And she yeah. trusts everyone. Now yeah. she doesn't anymore. But, it's like, it was a very expensive
1: a tough lesson learned, yeah.
3: And a very tough lesson learned, right. and now she's just like I'm. I'm trying to push her to go further about and name okay. and shame, or go legal, or do something. Because personally, if it was me, I'd be naming and shaming.
1: If she wasn't going to go legal,
3: yeah, I know. she's not I know. going to go legal, but I'm not going to go
1: legal. She's putting, putting it down to experience, way. I think. Just making yeah, a pay- she's going to... to put it down to experience,
3: yeah. and we're hopefully going to get our house finished
1: for her next Yeah, year. lesson learned. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Susan. At
3: least she's got some heating. No problem. Thanks All you so the best. Much.
1: Thanks for sharing. Appreciate you coming on air. Text 0868 104 uh, And Dan, of course, this is not to be critical of those who do great work. I mean, the guys who are doing the great work are the ones that you probably just can't get for nor money. You know, that's the problem, I suppose. It's the other ones that really have all sorts of sh- shortcuts, and as we call them, cowboy builders. Uh, there are probably more of them around now than ever before, because uh, in many aspects of life, in the life we're living now, the boom is back. Now, it's not as crazy a boom as it was the last time. Certainly, they put manners on the banks, which is a good thing. But a lot of people are investing money in their homes. You know, a lot of people decided not to trade up, actually. You know, they decided, okay, well... Make more sense now to build an extension or put on an extra room or to extend the kitchen or put in a conservatory, put an extra bedroom above. You know, there's an awful lot of construction going on. If you're just driving around in the states, you'll see it. Anyway, get involved. Pick up the phone. 0818
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818 Red FM.
1: Yes, indeed. And by text from Friday's program, we were chatting with James who came back from all sorts of addictions to turn his life around. God bless you, James. People look at others with addictions such as drink and drugs and think, what a waste. But this guy had it rough, losing his ma'am, losing his relationship, losing everything. Must have been a lot of suffering, but I'm glad he got back on track. Morning, I'm in the same situation with housing and homelessness as the rest of your listeners who call you. I was given my notice of termination in October 2021, and my end date is the 13th of April, two days away, lads. Only four days when he sent the text. I'll be homeless with two children, age four and age two. I've been on the list for over four years, and I'm getting no luck with the council. I'm working and renting for years. And to think now, because of the housing crisis, I have no hope of being housed anytime soon is just so worrying, she says. Uh, It's a disgrace. I'm in a council property in North Cork. The local authorities put the rent up by 12 euro with no justification. There was no review. Our circumstances are the same. Children haven't reached 18. Um listening to that man on the radio this morning, my heart goes out to him. It genuinely does, um, but I'm a married mother with two kids. I've worked all my life since I was sixteen. I have a son with autism, work full time, husband works part time and is a carer to our son. Uh, our mortgage is thirteen hundred a month. I'm a working class element of society was a home, but works hard to have it over our head. I live week to week, don't have a flamboyant lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination. But where is the help for people like us? To be honest with you, Neil, I'm sick to death of people ringing in and explaining how hard their lives are and that they can't get HAP schemes or they're struggling financially and they're stressed and worried and anxious. I'm stressed, worried and anxious. I get out of bed every morning and work very hard. I struggle to pay my bills, but I do it. We work so hard to literally pay our bills and live and survive. It is so frustrating. Some people out there are really happy to lean and to stretch the system and to do nothing more to, than to bleed it dry. Uh, text 868 on that and lots more besides. Back to the phone lines I go. Sarah, good morning.
4: Hi. Good How are morning, you? Neil.
1: Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate you taking the call. Just with regards to the trades, what do you make of the conversations this morning?
4: Yeah, it's,
3: I didn't hear your full programme.
4: Okay, but well, what so- you heard
1: of it?
3: Yeah, it's just, I'm always wondering why there isn't an official body of tradesmen out there, you know. There is. Rather than, no, but but why whenever you need a job, a building job, a plumbing job, that you have to either get a recommendation from friends and neighbours that you just can't take somebody off. Um, you know, Golden Pages, or I'm actually
1: really nervous. And You're not your grand. I mean, I, I can tell you one answer to the part of that question you ask is there are a few um, websites set up, and I think one or two of them are Cork, something along the lines of Trades.ie. You know, where where you can go on to and you can see the list of all the different tradespeople who will quote the job, and I think they. I think they are reputable, and they pay a fee to be on the website. I can get. I remember doing do, doing this a few years back. I can check in again and see who they are. You know where you can go, like a one stop shop for trades.
3: Yeah, but it's it's just you, you know, a number of years ago I was getting uh, a new bathroom, and I uh, got a plumber who was recommended via somebody else, via someone else. And this guy, apparently, this
4: is his job. And it was a total botched job. And I know my brother had something similar in his own home.
1: Isn't it amazing? uh, Just in regards to the plumber, though, isn't it amazing that that came as a recommendation and he botched it then?
4: Yeah, and I think one of the reasons being was because um, I just left him to his own devices.
3: I would never interfere with the tradesman. Right. um, And I just, it was a new home. I basically gave him the keys. I wasn't living there at the time and I just said look just do, just trusted him to do it.
4: But you can't be standing over them either
1: you see Sarah because they're the experts supposedly.
3: And that's what what I wouldn't do and that's what I didn't do and that's probably where I went wrong and um, my home flooded after that and I got somebody in to look and the guy who came in said that it was probably the worst
4: Plumbing he'd ever seen. The cistern wasn't even screwed on properly. The taps were in loose and in the wrong position. So it's just, I just thought afterwards, you know.
1: So you ended up paying twice for it then, did you?
4: Well, I had to go through a solicitor. It was really long
3: and tedious and not worth it. So it's just, you know. Uh,
1: did you get anything back you pay- when you went legal? Kind of?
3: Ah, uh, just got the cost back, you know.
1: But then you had to get the job done again.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just, you know, if there was, a, a, you know, a, a, an absolutely official board, you can go and say, here, and pay extra even. It, it's just that you'd know you'd be guaranteed because these botch jobs, so many people have them.
1: Yeah, I know. I you know. know. It can be the house. It yeah, can be the yeah. garden. Yeah, it can be yeah. all different aspects. It can be an extension. Yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be wiring, which is very and important.
4: Even, Neil, even the engineer who came to, to look at it, the, uh, our, had, I had an engineer to look at it and
3: he just said, well, I could recommend someone, but, and he's an engineer and he said, I'm very slow to recommend people. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wonder, yeah. I wonder has a lot of it, I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, people who get cash jobs done where there's no invoice mm-hmm. and there's no VAT number and they don't mm-hmm. actually have a registered com- company and mm-hmm. so. You're you're in kind of risky territory then when it's a cash job well, and no This guy invoice is
3: registered. This guy was registered. Oh, is
1: it a business and a VAT number and everything?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my god.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so, I often wonder if it, if it's mm-hmm. cash, you have very little recourse, you know. And oh yeah, yeah. You but, know, like I mean, you got these guys <laughs> going around doing guttering and tra- saying that they're going to do all sorts of work and yeah. Time Academy yeah. or Front Drive. Most of them, you know, they're calling to your door. I'd be very wary. No, of and
3: them. I, I would be careful who I'd get I and. Mean, you know
4: i think i'm you know might make a fairly solid decision on on who i'd have doing a job i'm going
1: to i'm going to track down that um those chaps that i spoke to some time back they set up a website and i think they are cork if i remember correctly and it's something along the along, along the lines of trades.ie where there are recommended tradespeople out there because it seems to me <laughs> That it's never been busier now for people doing work at home. You know, you've probably noticed that as you drive around yeah, the States. You see a lot of builders in now. Because yes. a lot of people have decided, nah, if I trade up, it's going to cost way too much money. So I'm going to build on instead, you know?
4: Yes, yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, having said that, Neil, I know there are really good tradesmen. And I've had one or two really good tradesmen. I know that as well. But, you know, it's just these these cowboys. It's, we call them, um, yeah. cost so much grief.
1: Yeah. It cost so much grief. All right, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the air. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay, yes. thank you very much.
4: I love thank your you. program. Cheers.
1: By text to 0868104106. Again, somebody else not too happy with people on air. My blood's boiling listening to your conversation with James. Now, James turned his life around. Uh, and so many like him on your show. Our own people are left homeless. I'm not against helping people from other countries, but we should help our own first. It's gone so bad now that there's nowhere to rent and no houses to buy. Well, there are houses, but many people can't afford the prices of them. Uh, now we have Ukrainian refugees. There is no hope for our own. It's just so depressing for our own people now. I've certainly never seen anything like it in my lifetime. In the name of God, look at the money Tony Holland is getting. Uh, how are people expected to live with everything just going up constantly? The rent should be stopped and brought back down, I believe, to a maximum of 800 euro per month. Of course, our government has to go, says Marie. In lovely sunny Clon. Well, it was sunny when she sent the text. I've doubt if it's sunny now. Text
0: the Neil Prenderville show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. And so, in the busy
1: times that we live in, with people getting work done, uh, do share your stories, particularly with regards to botch jobs that you had done, even just by text. I'd love you to come on air, but if you want to just share the story, that's fine too. Email Neil at redfm.ie. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. You maybe recall last week I was asking people to share with me. Because you'll have been getting the January-February bills in now. You know, we would have started to get them at the back end of March for uh, electricity and gas for January and February, the two of the dearest months of the year. And I saw Brezzy on social media at the back end of last week as well, posting on Twitter. He said um, that his last heating bill was €189. Euro. That would have been the November-December bill. But his latest bill came in uh, way off the 189 It was 531. So his heating bill went up 180%. I was asking people to get in touch with me as to how your bill went up, say if you compare November, December with January, February. John says, until people take to the streets to protest, the government will not take any notice or listen to people. We have a government that no one voted for. Uh, and Brezzi has money, so imagine the impact it's going to have on normal people every day, says Gary. Tara says, the Irish take everything from the government. We're an embarrassment to our grandparents and to our great-grandparents. If we had to s- any bit of spine in us, we should have a- an uprising in this country. Health system is the worst ever. Prices going up, houses, cars, everything. If we don't do something now, it'll be too late. Ireland will be gone from us. We've sold our soul to everyone else. Paul says, nobody thinks about the business price increases when it comes to energy. A chipper, a taxi, a laundrette, a restaurant, all heavy users of gas, oil and electricity. Is anyone, for instance, going to pay 40% more for that burger or 40% more for that taxi journey? Well, the only thing I can say about that is a restaurant at least can put the price of their burger up. The taxi drivers can't do anything. It's very worrying for B&Bs. Heating has gone through the roof as well as electricity. What do we say to our customers if you're only allowed a short shower or go to bed to keep warm? Um, Yeah, I imagine it's got to be the same, not just for B&Bs, but for hotels as well. Some electric companies say they are 100% green energy, which is mainly wind turbines. So why the huge increase if they don't need oil or fossil fuels or gas and they're just depending on wind, says Charlie. Well, we have enough of that, haven't we? Hot wind. My gas bill was €998 just for me and my two-year-old. I don't have the heating on very often. It's crazy money a thousand euro just for gas i got my gas bill 2 days ago 636 euro the one before that was 535 which knocked me over so you can imagine my reaction uh, the esb is with prepay and it's using 10 euro a day uh, 174 of that is broadband 6 months ago it was 350 a day for electricity it's 10 now um, so basically before any food or other bills between our rent or heating and our electricity, we're paying over 2,000 euro a month. So, to pay your rent and to keep the lights on and a bit of heat in the house is costing you 24,000. Well, maybe not 24, because the summer months there would be less, but certainly two grand a month. I have electricity with Board Gosh After Christmas, the bill was 395. Last week, it was 605. And on the 22nd of April, it's going up another 27%. Crazy prices, completely unsustainable for normal people. So there's another bill from 395 to 605. Don't even go there. I have a 545 euro bill for a two-bedroom ground floor apartment. 545. One final one, what Bresi should have done was given inaccurate reading and he would be paying less than the 531 And continue to do so until gas will be back. Yeah, well, you know, when will gas be back to, you know, 2020 or 2021 levels? Uh, We'll all be looking at the use of our electricity from now on, won't we? The term of turn off the immersion will be coming back into fashion again and three minute showers. I don't think the roaring and screaming about turn off the immersion ever actually went out of favour. Uh, not in my house, anyway. Anyway, text those prices. How was your gas bill? How was your electricity bill? Compare it to November, December. What was it like in January, February? Text 0868104106. I want to chat with Diane, who got in touch with me last week, and I'm very, very sorry to say I didn't get an opportunity to chat with her then, but I do now. Diane, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Um, did you actually raise... €6,000 from one bake sale on Saturday.
3: Um, and counting, uh, so we don't have the final tally yet, but...
1: One bake sale at the Marina Market, selling at baked the Marina goods. Marina Market, yeah. More yeah, than six um, grand then?
3: Yeah, just still we haven't got the final count done yet, but um, it's definitely past the 6,000 mark, yeah.
1: Oh my God. I mean, what were you selling?
3: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we were selling... Um, Cakes and croissants and homemade lemonade and bottled water and anything we could think of, really. Um, and so, like, we got a lot of help from, well, from people, from friends and family. and
1: you um, didn't do all the baking. I know I, that.
3: No, I didn't, know And local bakers and stuff helped us out as well. Cupcake Cottage, um, Wild Bar- Bakery there down in Enniskeen, Second Street baking, Did they give you, you all, all of the baked goods foods. for free? Um, all, Those bakeries all, all donated us produce, yeah, and then I had like you know, um, loads and loads of people helping me out, so I'm a member of Network Cork, so a lot of the ladies there did loads of baking for um, parents at the schools and my kids and all that kind of stuff so loads of people came and people who came on the day to support us brought stuff with them and
1: we put those out as well. And front and centre in this story of course is your daughter Sarah, who's three now, is she?
3: She's three now, yeah, she'll be four um, at the end of July.
1: And she's had a tough three years, hasn't she?
3: She has, yeah, she has. Um, so she uh, she was born with a condition called Monca syndrome. M-
0: Monca. Um, so Monca, Monca,
3: Monka syndrome. Yeah, what It's is very that? rare. So um, it's a genetic um, disorder. So with Sarah, it was spontaneous. Now it can be passed on through the generations, but Sarah would be the first in the line. Um, so it's um, it causes an awful lot. Like it has different presentations. Um, so one of the ones for Sarah was something called craniosynostosis. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it me- basically means. Um, her the bones of her skull would have been fused prematurely in the womb, which would have meant that. So, like where other children have soft spots and what's called sutures on their on their skull, and um, to allow your your head to kind of grow as you yeah, grow. Yeah, I know. Um, the
1: soft spot on the top of the head. Exactly. Baby, yeah.
3: yeah. So Sarah was born without that, and this and the the joints between the between the plates, plates. would have been fused.
1: Yes. So um, there were numerous operations, and I have a an X-ray of her skull and it looks to me as if they're, I don't know, I mean, they're like very, very long screws and bolts.
3: Yeah, so she had to
1: get what's
3: called distractors and they're like metal bars that were inserted into into kind of plates in her skull Um, and then, so uh, every day then what we were doing was, so she was in hospital for recovery and then we brought her home Um, and then every day we'd have to twist those bars because the bars
1: come okay so much of the bar is within her head now I don't mean to be too graphic about it but there's a couple of inches of the bar with screws on them that are yeah, outside and the skull. if you'd like
3: to share the image, um, by all means do, just if, if anybody wanted to look at it, um, because it does kind of, it shows it, what we're talking about a bit better. But so, yeah, so the bar is kind of protruded out through the front.
1: Our yeah, head. no, but we will share them. And thank you for allowing that. We're getting on that now. But go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, So we twisted the bar then every day and every time we would twist the bar um, a quarter turn, it would give her half a millimetre of sp- extra space in her head. So what we were doing was expanding her skull, essentially. So over the course then of about six weeks, we twisted twice a day. And then so she got an extra 28.5 millimetres of space in her skull over those couple of weeks. Um, So then...
1: Worrying times for you all, I'm sure.
3: It was. um, Now, Temple Street is the reason I did the bake sale. um, I suppose Temple Street have been great to us from the very beginning, um, you know, both clinically and in terms of support and... You know, they're always at the other end of the phone. They assigned us a social worker to help us with any forms we needed to fill out. or, any or Weren't that you very lucky
1: that the syndrome was identifiable and they had a plan in place?
3: Yes, um, and they, like, uh, CUMH um, were very good from the start as well with that. So, you know, we kind of didn't really know. We had no idea until she was born that there was anything going on. Um, she's our third child and the other two were born, you know, without without a without a hitch, really. Gotcha, um, yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah.
3: it was a bit of a shock for us. Um, I suppose, because we kind of thought we were fairly low risk. But obviously, and when,
1: when did the very, very big and long screws and dials and everything and diodes come out?
3: So she was just about to turn six months. So she was just, you know, she was just a baby, really. And um, so we went up for the surgery. So they put those in and then we had the process of um, twisting them every day over the course of the few weeks. Every week then during that process, we had to travel up to Dublin. Um, for an x-ray which is what you can see there so the difference between the x-ray week one and the x-ray week six is amazing Um, you know if you break your leg or something the bone heals itself so actually that's what they were doing was moving it a tiny bit it's amazing what they can do so it's not actually a space in her head now; it's actually the bone has grown back to meet itself so she actually has that extra bone where where there was a space amazing bit of engineering though isn't it yeah fantastic yeah fantastic
1: and she's flying now I mean I've seen a photograph of her and she's doing a bit of baking flying, herself yeah, she? no,
3: she? <laughs> she loves to bake as well yeah so she she will have more like that that process will have to be repeated uh, so she'll have to have a number of surgeries over the years um, as as I suppose as she gets bigger and her brain needs more space to grow that will need to be repeated yeah. um, a, a number of times we don't know exactly how many but so far so good I mean she got hearing aids in the other day so they can have different presentations um she luckily hasn't any developmental issues um so far. So it so was you know, the skull not the brain, thankfully. The yeah,
1: way. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But of hearing um, issues and a bit of problems with sight, I think maybe?
3: Um, it can have problems with sight. Again, Sarah's been lucky, she's monitored all of the time and um, so but she hasn't shown any um eyesight problems to date um, so that's great. That's um, fantastic. but I suppose we're always being monitored, we're always watching out for everything, you know. I hope the state um, I hope the present. state
1: paid for all of that, yeah
3: oh that's all yeah absolutely My we're God. not fundraising for her we're fundraising for the hospital um, so it's all in the public system and I suppose as with anything else once you're in once
1: isn't, you're it, in the the, system, isn't it the truest story good. you ever said you know it can really work when you're inside and you're dealing with the professionals
3: oh they're brilliant yeah they're fantastic they are very very good um, and I know that's really kind of people give out about the HSE and stuff like that but the actual staff on the floor the the doctors they're, they're just so brilliant they're really really
1: good yeah what does Sarah make of her journey
3: um, yeah, so she talks about it. I mean, we're very open and honest. We found, you know, a way to cope, really was to talk about it and to tell her story and for ourselves, I suppose, to kind of connect with other parents and not to kind of, you know, bury our heads in sand. We wanted to kind of accept it and embrace it almost, you know. Um, so deal with it, anybody.
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just so deal she, with
3: it. She yeah. tells everybody that she's a delicate head, and if her brother gives her a smack, I suppose, she she tells her, Stop, I have a delicate head. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she knows all about it, and she's always, she loves to look at the photographs of her with the bandages on and to talk about, you know, why am I wearing those bandages and the bars coming out of why her head. The
1: bars like coming out of my head, yeah, I know.
3: Yeah, so she does. She knows all about it, um, and um, I suppose it's hard for her to understand, but she seems to be kind of getting her head around it
1: pardon
0: the pun uh, she certainly is
1: doing that (laughs) so well done on the bake sale and of course all of the money raised goes to Temple Street no I mean I think you did very well without my help anyway that's incredible
3: (laughs) well and this is our second year in a row last year we raised 6700 I think so we're we're uh, nearly on track to kind of. I think it's
1: a wonderful here. thing to give back, isn't it? You know, you. It is. You know, yeah, it is. You didn't. Definitely. You didn't forget the help you got at Temple Street and the treatment that you got.
0: No, and, never and we won't
3: either. And it's, I suppose Sarah's going to be a patient of their long term as well. So we we won't definitely won't be able to forget. But um, I suppose just I just really wanted to say thanks to everybody because it wasn't me that did it. I I just kind of was the facilitator. But um, you know, the guys at Marina Market were brilliant to us. The Roachstone Park looked after us for. Um, raffle prizes, there was a jewellers in Kinfail, gave us a beautiful pair of gold earrings, a of work, you know, all Network corp, all of the ladies there were manning the stand all day long, doing eight hour shifts with no brains.
1: Sounds break. like a real
3: you know, success. People were fantastic. It was uh, uh, When you do something like this, I suppose, you really see kind of the sense of humanity of other people coming out and, you know, people come out of the woodwork to help, people are handing you 50 euros and they don't take any cake <laughs> and, you know, people are just amazing. You saw you're
1: the best in people board. on Saturday, didn't you? You really, do, yeah,
3: you really, well really done. do. And even coming up to it as well, you know. So thanks very much for having us on. And we'll share
1: the story and the photographs of uh, of your beautiful daughter as well, lovely Sarah, on social media. And thank you for allowing us to Great. do that. Because it's an inspiring okay. story. And well done, Diane. Thanks for taking thanks the call. very
0: much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks.
1: Bye. You know, talking about saying thank you, you may recall that there was a big competition on there last year. Wasn't it Energia put it on? And I was trying to encourage people to vote for the best Christmas light display play in a home because one of the homes that was in the finals was the West Cork home of Sean and Noreen McSweeney uh, down Drimaligway uh, and they came back and they won it ultimately and won the prize and won a substantial amount of money which goes uh, to charity it was the Energia Ireland's most Christmassy home competition uh, and they had a difficult job choosing the winner and we got involved and it, got Cork people voting you know and eventually of course Sean and, no- and uh, Noreen won uh, a 6,000 euro Um, uh, sum of money Um, and they are going to add to that of course because they already rose raised I should say nearly 36 grand from their display where people were going down so it was a huge amount of money uh, and I believe that the money went Uh, To all sorts of different charities, all of the donations collected from the lights display and the money won were given to four local charities. It was was fantastic. It was just great. It was lovely chatting to them because much of it was done in memory of their son, Owen, who passed away young in life. And they're absolutely heartbroken. But I got a lovely card of thank you uh, in the post last week uh, saying, uh, I cut out this article from the weekly papers. I had to let you know how much money was collected. First of all, I wanted to say a huge thank you for advertising our Christmas lights As soon as people heard you on the radio, it took off. Uh, I would also like to thank your staff. They were so nice to me on the phone. And I would also like to say a huge thank you to all of your followers and listeners for coming behind me and for voting for us. It was a wonderful achievement. You were also so nice and sympathetic to me on the phone. Anyway, it was lovely to see all of the people that came from far and wide, from all parts of Cork City and County. uh, And winning this uh, on the year that it was was a wonderful thing. It was better to me uh, than if I had won the lotto. As I told you before, we're only two old folks, and we put our heart and soul into this display every year. Here's the pictures with the glass trophy that we received from Energia, um, uh, who hosted the competition, and I'll cherish this for the rest of my time. Uh, If you're ever down West Cork, uh, call in to see us for a cup of tea. (laughs) The kettle is always boiling in our house. Uh, Say hello to everyone. Uh, and it's lovely to chat. Uh, was lovely to chat. And that's from Sean and Nora McSweeney down west. Thank you so much for the lovely letter and for the cutouts that came with it. You never know, we might have an opportunity to chat again uh, come Christmas 2022. Back after 11. I'm Rory.
3: And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench.
1: That's the Big Red Bench.
0: Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show And
1: then maybe the summer will be upon us And we'll be able to back off on the gas And the electric and what have you But a lot of people engaging with prices It's amazing, we own the ESB, And the government can't ask them to cut prices Or cut their profit margin 630 million profit last year what a useless government the worst I've witnessed in 50 years looking out for themselves and family shame on them says James well you kind of got another look in to the inner echelons last week with the whole hoolahan saga didn't you I'm a one income family I only turn on the heating when I need it uh, I took it off the timer so it goes on and it goes off You know, in the old days, that's all you had really was a switch before we got timers and we got smart tech and all sorts of things like that. Uh, It might have been blizzards, but in fairness, our usage was down by 40% for the same period last year. But the bill still managed to be higher year on year with 40% drop in usage. I was given out to my lads for leaving the lights on because the bill was high, only for me to check and see that we actually used less units this time last year. And if clearly... It was far cheaper. Uh, I think everyone has to go to bed earlier. No lights, less heating, like they did in the old days, says Michael. Michael, 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 universe, back to candles and paraffin lamps. My gas bill has always been in and around the 70 euro bracket since I moved in here last April. I got a bill in the door on Wednesday for 345 euro. I nearly needed an ambulance, says Eamon. So, 70 euro normally, 346 for the January, February bill. You know what will happen? People will go back to burning coal, says Jason. Uh, I've just turned all mine off. It will be extra blankets now till next year, says Tones. So keep those coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Do you know what? It's two and a half months since I spoke on air there or thereabouts uh, to Dervla o- Burke O'Connor on air about our wonderful five-year-old son Paul, and she told if v- first of all she sent me the most emotional email that I've gotten a long, long time. I remember reading it reading it a second time uh, and uh, it was so from the heart and it told her story but you know something it ended up not just being a story about Dervalis family or about paul it became everybody um, everybody's story who has a child with special needs or anyone involved with children on the spectrum the hopelessness you know the feeling of invisibility um this is just a small little recap. It's not very long, but this is a Derval conversation with me. You say, my husband and myself struggle daily with the mental and physical anguish of rearing a child with the disability of severe non-verbal autism. We have no supports whatsoever.
3: It's like a, a grieving of your child when you're hit with this diagnosis. We cannot attend family gatherings because it's upsetting for him and yeah. then it upsets everybody else. I feel nobody is listening. I am... A- on my knees, begging every day for help and support and services that our children. Sure I know.
1: Yesterday's programme made such a difference that Pat Buckley, the Sinn Féin TD, got up on his feet in the doll and brought her up. I got the impression you got quite emotional there at one stage, did you?
5: Of course it affects you. And if you don't get
1: emotional, you're not serious about it. Darbyl joins me by phone. Darbyl, good morning.
3: Good morning Neil. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: And following our conversation, albeit two and a half months ago, it led to massive media interest in your story. Has it made a difference? Oh Neil,
3: well first of all, before I say anything, I want to thank you for giving me no listen. I want you to thank you for giving me the platform to have originally spoken on your show and since that interview back in January. I have just been blown away by the public response and so many people all around the country listened to that interview mm. and I've received messages from every corner of the country from people who are travelling the very same road as ourselves and I'm so grateful for the time that you gave me. And since then, I've been so busy doing various media interviews on TV and on radio over the past couple of months. That's right. And, um, you know, I want to also thank the public for their support and for their prayers. And as you mentioned um, just a while ago, you know, initially I spoke out about our hopeless situation in which we found ourselves with Paul and the the feeling of the lack of of anybody caring and the, the, the lack of services and support but this has turned into something much bigger Neil and um, this isn't just about us this is about all children and all families who are in the same boat and it's opened up a huge national conversation and you know I was hesitant about speaking out about this originally you know putting my family out there and I guess putting myself in a vulnerable position, but I'm I'm so glad that I did that because at this point I I do feel almost like an advocate for other families out there, and I'm glad to use whatever (laughs) platform that I have.
1: Even last week again, then I touched because there was a report out with regards to how difficult it is for carers. Now, you know, carers can be a mother or a father or two parents, and you know, I've had stories on the air last week, very emotive story of a pensioner. Mm -hmm. Sister who's minding her brother, himself a pensioner as well as a full time 24 7 job. You know, they grew up together, they have, they were children, both of them together, and the love and bond between them has kept them together all their life. This is just one story of many, but it's still, it's the, still the same when it comes to services, respite, equipment with regards to children, um, you know, school places. You know, I'm, I'm just wondering whether, whether all of the talk and harnessing all of this goodwill Will make any difference whatsoever.
3: I know, and, and everything you said there is so true. You know, it's, it's not just um, parents, but yes, carers all around, and it's not just about um, children and people with autism. This is about all people with disabilities, and this is a problem all around the country. Now, what I will say is, I have been, um, you know, do, doing my best. To to advocate as best as possible Um, I did have a positive meeting last week with um, Minister Anne Rabit and um, I I had a a personal meeting on my own with her and Mm. she she listened to me and she seemed very eager to support Did you go to that public
1: meeting where she was down meeting families?
3: No and actually that is the evening that I met her and I actually was not aware of this but if I had known oh my god I would have most definitely... Have well, here's one of the things I was
1: saying. You have carers who are m- looking after a family member. It could be a son or daughter as, or a brother or a sister, as they say. Um, and some of them are pensioners. But they might be, uh, they might be getting a, a helper or a, an allowance from the government of €205, euro, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but yet, when POP comes along, the government all of a sudden find €350 euro for everybody. Um, you know, yes. And, and that, that included students with a part-time job. And it just, it just angered people.
3: Yes, and and, you know, Neil, what I find baffling really is we're constantly um, bombarded with facts and figures by the, the government and, you know, we're hearing how much is being spent on this and that and this and that in the disability sector, but I can only speak from my own personal experience and, you know, what we have been going through, but what I will say is that for for us as parents on the ground we're not seeing a cent of this money no. um you know it's it's as as far as i can see it's all talk um but like a, this talk has to stop you now, change has to happen.
4: That's right, forward. yeah,
1: because they hear the real-life stories of a mother on the air last week and I was chatting with her about when was the last time she got away for a weekend or out for a meal or on a holiday or, yeah, you know, she, she was looking that. forward to a bit of rest. Did you hear that? Rest, First I bit did. of respite in four years. I said, what are you going to do? And she said, I'm going to sleep. I, I know, I heard,
3: and I actually felt for her so much, you know, and I'm sure... Thousands of people can resonate with that lady all around the country. So, look, what I would say um, going forward, Neil, like, for what I'm trying to do at the moment is I would like a commitment from Minister Anne Rabit and all the other relevant ministers, and I want our Taoiseach Mihal Martin... To discuss the real concerns that us parents have and carers, and you know this is across the board. There needs to be a transparent discussion had about how this system—it's not working—and you there's, know our teachers and state needs the, to intervene.
1: There's huge. There's huge. This is my learning of it over the years. There's huge complications with regards to paperwork and bureaucracy mm. and form filling and emails being lost and files being lost and it's like as if it's a go slow intentionally to help families to me.
3: Yeah, but that's exactly all it is. It's just a whole load of form filling and we've got stacks of paperwork at home but it's not worth the paper it's written on, Neil. You know, that's that's not going to help families. And
1: I've been sent you know, the paperwork, I've been sent it by email and it's it could be 40, 50 pages long.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's a, but it's a whole load of bunkum, Neil. And and like I, I'm not, I, I don't want to speak negatively of people working in their jobs. But I, I do believe that a lot of people um, working, um, you know, for the HSE and the, the various other support teams, I do believe that you know they don't know what they're on about half the time Mm. and you know these people are it's it's all very fine to be learning out of a book and sending out these reports to to um, carers and carers but I actually I may not personally myself have the qualification on paper uh, but I, I certainly believe that at this point I feel like I know a lot more than any of these people sending out these forms and I'm sure a lot of parents and and carers say the same thing it's very very frustrating Neil and you know a lot of the time again like I know I'm speaking about myself but this is just from from my own perspective you come off the phone sometimes and I actually feel like crying um, because I feel like it's going in one ear and out the other but you told
1: me you felt as if you were begging every day
3: begging, and, and I shouldn't have to beg, certainly not for things that, that, that my child deserves, that he's entitled to, you know, um, mm. the, the most important thing being an education, who, who like, you shouldn't have to be, beg for an education for your child, and for essential services that, that all children should be receiving, like um, speech and language therapy and occupational therapy, they yeah. need these yeah. on a regular basis yeah. to make progress, yeah. but, um, Neil, I mean, everybody who has a child on the autism spectrum, you know, this is what I'm going through. But I, I'm speaking across the board here. They're struggling to get services and my heart goes out to them. So, you know, I'm only one person and I, and I can only do the best that I can. Are they, but, you know, are,
1: are they building more units? Are they building more special schools? I'm told that they are. Is, is, was yes. there one in Carrigal Line, for instance, under construction or finished?
3: Well, apparently there will be a new school built in Roachestown. Right. That is, you know, plans are underway, but, you know, it's, it's not there until it's there. Um, and, and and those places will are, fill up
1: really fast anyway.
3: But that's yeah. the thing, you know, one school is not enough. <laughs> this, this is a problem um, all around the country. But again, like for us in East Cork, in Middleton, there is no special school at all there has to be a
1: special school Neil it would be filled in seconds seconds yeah, yeah seconds yeah. And there need, what, you know you're, there while, while you're while you're rearing a family of course um, it, it's all very well for people to say okay you need to be the advocate you need to be the person front and centre and all of this but you have you have a lot yeah. of other things to do um, yeah because I, I don't know would it be possible for you to run at the next local elections would it be possible for you to run at the next general election
3: yeah, well, I mean, before all of this, I, I certainly would have never thought along those lines, Neil. But, but on, isn't on that what... These are the kind of
1: people that this. we want, passionate people who have skin yeah. in the game.
3: Yes. Um, well, look, I mean, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. As I said, I'm so passionate about this, but I, I as you mentioned there, I'm still trying to run a home, and, and there's so much going on at home, and Paul is still the same as ever, you know. that I, 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 like, I will confess, as passionate as I am about all of this, I do feel... Um, I, I do feel actually quite exhausted at the moment if I'm yeah, being honest, yeah. and I feel like I'm experiencing a bit of a burnout from it all. I can understand I
1: just, why because the the media yeah. pressure must have been phenomenal for the past couple of months it has been, been
3: unbelievable, yeah. yeah, and I think it's really actually only after hitting me this last weekend, and I'm really trying to use the platform that I have to help of course my own child but thousands of other children out there and but you know and sometimes I do feel guilty being away from my I own know, kids, but yeah, I know this is yeah. something. That needs to be done. And on a lighter note, Neil, I'm, I am actually turning thirty next month, and um, it's a big, it's a big birthday for me. And I'll tell you, the best birthday present that I could wish for now, going forward, is this meeting that I am pushing for with and um, with the relevant ministers and our shop I want to have this conversation, Neil. It has to be had, and. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm really, really pushing for this. And I want to see change going forward for everybody. And when do
1: you think you will have a sit down with me all, Martin?
3: Well, hopefully sooner rather than later. I know he's very aware of the situation and I have had correspondence with him um, through email. Now, I haven't obviously spoken to him face to face about this, but um, and Rabisi, has confirmed with me that she will do everything possible to make it happen. So sooner rather than later, now, Neil, I want to... Sooner rather than you later. know the
1: amount of, there's an interesting point here just being made, that we spend 118 million euro transporting our special needs children to special education units in school year in, year out. I think that that figure will continue to rise actually. Could you imagine if there were more schools closer to where people lived where we wouldn't need to have to spend hundreds of millions transporting them, but instead we're building the actual schools in the locations where people lived?
3: I agree 100%. And, you know, Neil, another thing is...
1: In a decade if, like that's one and a half billion euro alone.
3: Yes, absolutely. But, Neil, just another thing, like, you know, if children, like, for example, my son Paul, yes, he, he has a lot of complex needs, and I do believe he will have a lot of needs going forward. But with the right help, like um, school placements and services, These children can go on to make great progress. And in the long run, this would actually um, save our our government so much more money in the long run, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it's all it's
1: all of that. But it's, you know, it's it's an issue of dignity and respect. It's a constitutional right as well.
3: It's a constitutional right, yeah. And, and there, is, there is absolutely no respect out there for those with um, disabilities and for those with no voices who can speak, who can't speak for themselves. Well, you
1: blew me um, away and you blew everybody away. You came out of the blocks knowing exactly what you were talking about. And you know the reason why? You're living with it. That's the reason I'm why. I'm living
3: with it. Yeah. And you know what, Neil? I'm learning as I go. I, I don't know everything, you know. And that's the funny thing with autism. You know, you can't see it. And autism is not an illness, you know, it's just a part of Paul. Um, but, and some people might actually think, you know, people, i think the public in general. And like myself before I came to my own door with my own son, I wasn't aware about um, the ins and outs of autism and the struggles that so many families face. You know, some people might think my child is bold. But he's not you know he can't help it so autism presents itself differently to every child and each individual so you cannot compare anyone with the diagnosis with autism so i think going forward another very important thing that needs to happen is the public need to be educated on autism it is through no fault of the public because listen i was one of these people myself there needs to be Why can't more you control amazing. that
1: naughty child? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know,
3: more, t- more TV programs. And thanks to people like you who are giving, uh, you know, someone like myself the platform to speak on your show. It is helping people understand what autism I- is all about. So, again, Neil, thank
1: you for this, you know, and for this opportunity. No, listen, we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay in touch, won't we? And, and you know, and, sure. and, and if there's anything I can do to help in any way, shape or form, just bang me off an email and I'm there for you. But I hope that the 30th is a great celebration for you in oh. spite of everything else.
3: <laughs> thank you Neil, thank you so much and it was lovely chatting with you and I will continue to check in with
1: you. Alright, thanks Dervla look after yourself, cheers. You too
2: All
1: thank the you. best, she's fantastic. Nola good morning. Good morning Okay, I, hope you got, I, got to, I hope you got to hear that, that update with, with Dervla um, because yeah. you are you're right there as well aren't you
3: Yes, I'm a single parent of a 19 year old. So
1: doctors. he's a young man
3: Yes, he is. He's a young man, and he's non-verbal and cannot read and write, and it just breaks my heart to hear Dervila fighting the same fight that we had 19 years ago. Mm. Mm. Nothing changes. It's ridiculous. I mean, 19 years ago, we were telling people we need more schools, we need units closer to home, give the money to the parents so the parents can fund their own um, therapies.
1: Which is what they're doing anyway, but they're doing it out of their own pocket.
3: Yes, you know, and I, I just, it's it's it, 19 years later and it's still nothing's changed okay. I, oh, <laughs> don't get
1: these and <laughs> how is, how is your son what are his prospects like
3: uh, he's lovely my son is 19 he cannot read or write he can't talk he's uh, nonverbal, so he does need um, someone with him 24-7 basically right. um, but he's a he's a positive ball of energy he's a happy happy young man he's great
1: really mm-hmm. um, and do you hold the- down do you hold down a full-time job as well
3: Yes, I work for Dell. It used to be EMC, and now it's Dell. Okay.
1: Um, and and so how was, do you manage to juggle that? As, I think you said, are you a single parent?
3: Yes, I'm, so on, how, my own, I'm on my own. I've on my own a child since I was one. We, I was married. My husband, we divorced and he moved to New Zealand. So, yeah.
1: So there you were, um, all on your own, with this daunting task single handed ahead of you for the last 19 yeah, years.
3: Yeah, I was tough enough, in fairness, looking back. And, like, another thing, Daryl, I didn't mention about kids with autism, they don't sleep. <laughs> Sean used to be awake every night from 2 to 5, 2 to 6 pretty much, even last night now, and this is more rare now that he's older. He didn't go to sleep until 7am this morning, you know. So if he doesn't
1: sleep, you don't sleep.
3: Well, I do more now. When he was a child, I had to be more awake and with him because he's a child and, um, you know, you're trying to prevent him harming himself and and, um, things like that. Yeah. There has been the odd occasion. He ate a packet of cigarettes one night, a packet of cigarettes, and we raced up to A&E. Good God. Um, um, I think we were there for about two hours Four o'clock.
1: Well, you've got, got nicotine poisoning up, there in potential straight away, don't you? He
3: threw up, you see. He had, I, the only reason I knew he had eaten these is that he threw up. I was like, what is that? Oh, my God. We raced up, and, um, and we had, they were trying to put this thing on his finger, you know, these things that measure the blood pressure and the, yeah. the, the yeah. temperature and myself and a nurse couldn't hold him still long enough to get it on to get a reading
1: (laughs) so every day presented a new danger or a new challenge
3: yeah yeah absolutely I used to say um, he was on a mission to kill himself before he got to 16 and my job was to keep him alive
1: (laughs) that's one way of putting it you did you did that job very well now that he's turned 19 but how did you juggle everything
3: I don't know, actually. I used to start work at seven a.m. in Bal so I used to leave the house at six. I had no pair at the time, so um, that I could that I could um, leave the house and go to work. Honey was a gift from heaven. She was uh, a Spanish au pair yeah. who lived with up for two years and um, enabled me to work. Um, I then had to take because Honey went back to Spain. And another, we got another old pair, but she couldn't handle the autism and left. And I had no care, so I had to quit work. I had to take what is called carer's leave from work, so um, uh, work would keep my job open for me for two years, and I went down the door.
1: Okay, so and straight away um, now we've got a crash in income.
3: Yep, yep, absolutely. It's um, very much now. I was lucky at the time that I had been working, and you don't really have savings when you have a child with special needs because you're pumping money into speech therapists, occupational therapists. Um, you know, anything that you think because Quinchon got his diagnosis first. Um, I, I got it privately in Dublin again because of the cues, because you couldn't, there's no time to waste from um, Professor Dr. Mikey Fitzgerald, is his name. He wrote a book on autism. Yeah. And um, I said to him, What's his prognosis? And he said, That really depends on you. It depends on how much effort and time and energy you put into him now. And it's, so it's really in the early parent, years, like yeah, race against yeah, time. Yeah. The more attention he gets and, and you know it's how long is a piece of string they don't know and so you feel like you've been hit by a bus and then you've got to get up and start sprinting <laughs> time is against you and so you're and you're just throwing all the therapies at them you're trying to do as much as you can with them and a lot of it is as well is to kind of socialize I suppose in a way Sean and I were kind of lucky that it was just he and I because we had to do everything together I if I went shopping, he had to come at yeah. five, you know. And, I mean, gosh, I remember the time in Tesco when he just decided to, you know, oh, God, I hope he never hears this. Um, yeah. um he, he he slipped my hand and got lost. I lost him. And um, next day, one of the staff members came up with him, hold gripped his arm and said he was outside by the trucks. Really caught oh, my heart stopped.
1: Oh, I know. I you know? And, I know. I know,
3: and people don't see the disability, so they don't, Understand, it's an invisible disability. Oh, are you? You
1: people, you're talking about people who would be observing.
3: From, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. Pe- pe- people in a supermarket or in a, a social He's setting. He's having a meltdown. Yeah. You
3: know, I mean, I remember one time as a child, I was trying to pay for something. He's having a meltdown, so he laid across the counter, roaring his head off. And <laughs> I'm trying to pay and get out of the shop as
1: fast as I can. And more people looking and at you with glaring at you.
3: <laughs> they do when you harden up very fast when you're a parent, you know.
1: You just it sounds go. to me as if you've heard it all before, yeah, and you take it yeah. as a grain yeah. of salt. But, I mean...
3: I'm very good with the old glare eye now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about respite? Did you ever get any kind of time off? Um, or, you know? No,
3: we, we, we applied for it when he was about 12. And when he was eighteen, he got respite uh, three weekends, um, in College and he loved it. Actually, they
2: were loved
1: But that, that was um, six years after you applied.
3: Yes, yes, and even now we've moved to adult services. So in September, you know, oh gosh, we have a big story. He got kicked out of school. He 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 got a developed epi- epilepsy at fourteen, which I didn't realise he had, and apparently that's quite common with um, one in four kids on the spectrum will develop epilepsy in their teenage years so um, 4 o'clock one morning I ran into his room and his eyes open. he's foaming from the mouth he's staring at the ceiling and I thought he was having a stroke I know I uh, my heart stopped, and uh, I rang the ambulance. And the ambulance, by the time they got here, because I really lived quite rurally, it was about 40 minutes later, he had gone to sleep. And I'm not knowing whether I should wake him, what should I do? And the ambulance, they, they, they took his um, blood pressure and they said, he's fine, just let him sleep. It turned out to be epilepsy. So we had to go on epilepsy tablets. And the first uh, um, epilim made him um, quite aggressive and it piled on the weight on him go where? um so then we switched to So the, the weight
1: um, piled on it wasn't as if he his appetite no. increased it just piled on
3: it just piled on, yeah, the weight piled on. So, and, then we, and it wasn't controlling the seizures very well because he had full tonic tonic seizures. At this stage, oh, he's a big bloke, like he's, he's a head or two over me, and he just falls down with the seizure. So then we had to switch to Lamictal. And while we were weaning from the epilepsy to the he lost it one day going into school, lost it completely, pushed someone off a, a curb so that they stumbled. Um, he pulled someone by the jumper, and he's a big bloke. And he scared them at school and they kicked him out (laughs) or tried to. Um, I then had to try and stop the school kicking him out because we lose all services. Even though we weren't getting any um, respite services through the school, we were getting some speech therapy and some OT. And if he got kicked out of school, we had nothing. And I was more worried about... As an adult, where he would go if he wasn't in the system. Yeah. You see? So, um, so we had a couple of meetings with the school, with the board of the school. And um, after, look, I, I uh, said, look, please don't kick him out. Leave him on the books. I'll keep him at home. And um, they agreed. So, he was at home with me for a year. And we didn't have another school. And what you have to do in this case, you have to do what I call a Section Twenty Nine. You have to send a Section Twenty Nine to the school so that, um, and then the Board of Education will send out a mediator, and you meet with them, and then they decide who's in the right, who school, or what's the story.
1: Um, so I know, I, but I know what person. he did. You wouldn't want anybody to do, but I know no, to the misfortunes no, that he did it to. One, but, but it's no, and it's the condition, the not is, not not him.
3: Oh, it, because it wasn't like him. I mean, he's a, he is a giant, gentle teddy bear and a positive kid. And I straight away, I started researching what's going on here. And I realized Lamictal can cause this severe food swing in people who are on it. I went to the Epilepsy Foundation and under the comment section, people were saying things like, my wife is a demon on it. Lamictal, oh my God, I went to pick up my dry cleaning, and it wasn't done well enough. So I threw everything off the counter onto the ground. This is not me, you know, so. I was reading all these stories under the Epilepsy Foundation. It's comments, It's a side effect of what phone.
0: he's on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know, so, I know.
3: so then we tried, I, we went him off that and I went on CBD oil to see if maybe we could, like I was hoping, kind of a hormonal thing, maybe. Um, but no, he had another two clonic tonic seizures. So we went back on zonogram and that worked. I got my happy child back and it's controlling the seizures and we happened to look back and it's.
1: And have you efficient. always been, you know, you talk about meltons, but have you always been safe?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a teenager, you know. So <laughs> even when he was in the aggressive phase, like you're still, I'm, I'm still the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mom. You just, but I just, I suppose, if he was verbal, he could come in the next day and say, "I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what happened. This is not me. I'm sorry. I can't figure a, it out." I know. But I know. not, and so so people just, you know, kind of, I don't know. Anyway. In the interim we section twenty nine and know this school was trying to try and take him in because then he had nowhere to go, and the second school took him in, and they were brilliant and I have um he had two very happy years with them there, and they were fantastic and there was no more incidents and that was the end of it because we got the right drug and the school was fabulous, and that was great. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's just, it's just when, it, I think, like someone said before, when you're in a the system, it, there's only just enough, and and the more could be done. And but if you um, had, you've had to,
1: are you back working now, or or, or did you yeah. have to cut back and yeah. everything when you weren't working? Because you know, I was referencing there the the pop for three fifty, and that included. Oh, somebody well, did a part-time job at the weekend.
3: annoyed me <laughs> because it annoyed me that when they were estimating what a livable wage was for people when they're asking them to stay at home in lockdown, it's €350 euro a week. And when they're talking about an artist's wage, they're talking about €325 euro a week. Now I'm working full-time again. I went back to work and I worked from home. But when you weren't, what was it? Issues. Um, When I wasn't, it's 200 a week and that's what carers get. But carers are doing a job and this annoys me. Carers are 24-7 looking after someone who needs 24-7 care. And if the state has to pay for that, that's at least, if you're talking minimum wage, 240 euro a day, seven days a week.
1: I know. So, I mean, it's barbaric, why
3: aren't giving carers enough to live on? I, I just, a friend of mine, a lovely man, his wife passed away tragically. He has three boys, especially, that he's minding. And um, because there is a pension now, his carers is getting cut. And it's not enough to live on. And he's minding three lovely fellows. Who would otherwise need
1: cash. And how is he coping now with, I mean, read out a list of texts there from people whose bills have doubled and trebled. You look at electric and you look at gas and you look at food prices and uh, petrol. And the, how, yeah, how do people...
3: I don't know, I don't know. And I, I, it
2: just, but it just drives me nuts.
3: I mean, I, I, they obviously know that 350 is a minimum wage to, to pay someone to keep a roof over their head, pay a mortgage, indeed, and, and, a yeah. and, and do this. And where is are doing this,
1: on that? Yeah, and do you worry as your son gets older and indeed as is. you get older?
3: Completely. I mean, I've asked. I've asked, what happens if I drop dead in the morning? What happens if I get COVID? I'm overweight. I, you know, I'm 50. Um, what happens if, if I go the wrong way with COVID and, and I'm gone? What happens, Sean? And they have no answer for me. You know, and, and I'm putting this on email and I'm being quite strident about it, and there is no answer. You know, even respite now, I I want to apply for respite. I know it might be 10 years before we get it, but I'd like to apply. So last September, I asked, can I apply? I'd like to apply for respite, get her name in the queue, because I know the way this works and we're an adult. Well, it's good for him
1: and it's good for you.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) there wasn't even an application process until now, since last September, because apparently the HSE are changing the way respite is done. And um, they're setting up a new application process, but we are six months waiting for this new application process.
1: And what would you do with that respite then?
3: <laughs> I'd sleep too, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But even, it's not, it, it, it's little things. That you don't realize, like, for somebody in charge of kids with autism, you can't get your hair done. Uh, go to the dentist, go to the doctor on your own. These are impossible things to do.
1: Meet a friend, have a coffee, go out for a meal, share a bottle of wine, go on a weekend break on to a hotel. I can do
3: things with Sean now because Sean is 19 and he has had to do everything I do on my life yeah, so if I go yeah, to the hairdresser yeah. now he has to come with me and sit there. Um, but you can't do it on your own and you can't talk about Sean when he's there.
1: You must be incredibly <laughs> close at the same time though, Nolik.
3: Oh yes, oh absolutely. Uh, he's a doty pet, you know. He absolutely is. Uh, I worry for him because it is just the two of us We become a solid unit and you know what happens to him when I'm not here. know,
1: I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Out. I still, a, I still get I still get the impression from you that you're a very bubbly person, in spite of everything, and kind of you. You laugh a lot in the conversation with me.
3: Yes, I do love to laugh. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, and I, I've been very lucky. Like I try to explain to people, it's hard to explain. Sean is pure positive energy. He is pure love. I mean, he has no maliciousness, no badness in him, and it is hard to live with that and not feel that too. And and again, I imagine if Darvle is listening, she gets a tattoo from her son Paul. Yeah, yeah. There is there is a, um, a joy in the innocence, you know? <laughs> and, and that's beautiful. But it's also incredibly vulnerable. And and to safeguard that and to keep that safe, and I have to like shout out to know Sean is in a day centre at the moment in Upton, and the people there are wonderful. Good for Absolutely them. Absolutely wonderful for them. people, and I can't say enough good things about them. You know, okay. I mean, and. I often think um, monsters don't wear horns and angels don't wear wings. And through Sean, I have met so many angels, you know. And because of Sean, do you, I don't know if you've heard of it, but we've got a plug out now, Surf to Heal. Have you heard of Surf to Heal, Then No. I don't know. If no. Okay. It's a surfing camp we do every summer for um, kids. Surf awesome and
1: heal, is that what you said?
3: Surf to heal. Surf to heal, <laughs> H-E-L yeah. and um, we set that up again years ago when Sean was small and it's being run now by Tessa and Nicola and Kira. so a shout out to the three girls because they're amazing and there's a group of um, parents in the background who are support and do logistics. What, they take and kids
1: and out to hit the waves home. on surfboards, is it? Yeah.
3: Yes, yes. Um, it's, um, it's brilliant and the, there, we always, we, we, we actually can't do enough, if, um, there's schools, a lot of schools that do it, there's a school down in um, and they do it once a year as well. And there is um, a school in West Cork does it in Inch. They go out, and I think there was a Coon Galway doing it for a while.
1: Sean loves it, I'd say, does he?
3: He does. He does. But we live by the sea, anyway. So we've been lucky to grow up by the sea. And because. Autistic kids are sensory; they're sensory kids. And um, Sean is a huge sensory kid. Like touch, sight, smell—all these things are overwhelming. When he was very small, um, if, uh, like I said, uh, we're walking down the street and a truck with a load of pigs passed by, he'd have to sit down. <laughs> yeah, I don't need on it, he'd sit on my knees. He was just the sheer overwhelming of it. And, and we, again, we don't
1: see many trucks passing by with a load of pigs in them in the city, <laughs> but I'm sure it's something you see where you live quite I often. Was
3: down in the crew, yeah. <laughs>
1: Listen, it's lovely it's lovely chatting with you. Look after yourself and your lovely son. Thank you for taking okay. the call.
2: Thanks,
0: man.
1: All the it's best. Fun. Back after the break.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Red FM. Yes,
1: indeed, we'll pick up the conversation again in the morning, but uh, a few minutes left. Ashlyn, good morning. Good
5: morning, Neil.
4: How
1: are you? I could tell you how I am. I could fill week in, week out with parents who are struggling in all sorts of different manners and fashions. Um, you know, it could well be... Uh, lack of housing, uh, high rents. It could be lack of employment. It could be waiting lists for uh, operations or special needs, uh, carers' allowance, things like that. It's. Uh, don't ever think I've seen it as bad. You know, all coming together as one. Would you agree?
3: Oh, most definitely. I think it's at its worst. It ever was, really. Yeah,
1: just move around a tiny bit there and tell me why you think it's at its worst.
4: I just think, Neil, like my daughter now is 12 years of age. She's been on the system since she's about two. Um, she got diagnosed at about 18 months or so. And in 12 years, she has had little to no services. So they have said going forward this new Progressive um, disability services that things would speed things up, but for us as parents, it's actually just causing a lot more paperwork and seeing paperwork, yeah, I've seen it, yeah, it's huge paperwork, yeah. and it's just causing even more delays on people getting services. Like well, she's yet, you have a minister
1: of state for disabilities uh, who you say at the meeting recently admitted that there are kids are being denied their human rights. Was that said?
4: She did, and I have it on video, recorded and all. She said it, she denied it, plain and straight, that our kids' human rights were not being met. So, like, for a minister to actually say that and admit it, it says a lot about the system that we are So, we now
1: have created a system that's supposed to be progressive to make it better, but what they've done is they've created mountains of paperwork.
4: That's it exactly. And like at that meeting the other night, Anne Rabbit spoke. She listened to people's stories. There was one T V at it, Paddy O'Sullivan There was reps from the HSE asked to be at the meeting and they declined to
1: come. I heard that, yeah.
4: So like so like for even people from the HSE not to attend a meeting about disability services that they should be providing says a lot about the system that this state and government is. Yeah, wanting.
1: they're probably on a hide into nowhere, you know.
4: Yeah, but like Neil, my daughter is in a special needs school, and she's in the Carrigallen Community Special School. And like we alone. Is had that a new school? It is, yeah. So it was just set up last year. I suppose it was due to the lack of spaces that were available for kids that were coming out last year. But it's full. Um, I'd say, so, is it? oh, it's full. Now, they're taking in kids this year. Um, but after this year, it's going to be full for the next four or five years till our kids will say till they outgo the age of the school and then they have to leave. But, like, she's in that school now. We had a fight to get a place in that school because where we had applied was oversubscribed, so there was no space for her. So I suppose the school was all rushed, put together in the space of two or three months. She started the school late because the school wasn't ready for How her. How many kids? There was... Got off the top of my head. I can't even think now. Um, Thirty-eight, forty odd. Okay. Um, so like,
1: they're small schools, aren't they? Or my? I... They're
4: small, but like this is what I'm saying, Neil. There's only like five or six per class, and like they need this. They need one-on-one one support. A lot of these kids, they're they've challenging behaviour. It's autism and an intellectual disability. But like we we'll throw in all these things that the kids have, there's no um, multidisciplinary team down in the school. So that would be an OT, speech and language and psychologist. And after the meeting with Anne Rabbit the other day, she didn't have the exact figures. She thought there was 14 and a half therapists that had been taken out of special needs schools. But if you combine them all in all, it was about 55 that had actually been taken out of the special needs when schools. You, when you
1: say therapists taking, taken out, why were they taken out? You mean they were let go?
4: Yeah, so with the new Progressive Disability Services, they stopped putting in a multi-team to special needs schools.
1: But all they did was end up taking staff away.
4: The, the services aren't there. Like she should be entitled to OT, speech and language and psychology when she needs it. Like Kayla's really struggling at the moment. She's lashing out. She's getting upset in schools. And like the teacher is only one person alone. Yeah. She's not psychology. She's not an OT. She's not a speech and language. Yet she's expected to do the job of it. And it's not fair on them. It's not fair enough on parents. Because we're constantly, it's like, like she's 12 years of age. At 18 years of age, she will outgrow the system. And, like, from what I hear, there's very little in adult services. It's just another another fight again. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that, that will fall back on the family then and parents again then at 18.
4: It does. What? And I don't think, like, unless you're living with autism and have to deal with autism and intellectual disability, like, how much it can affect your family. Like, us as parents... Like we can't even leave the house as a family. We we haven't been out in God. I don't know how long. We we constantly have to plan where we're going. Why in why we'll can't you also. go?
1: Why can't you go out? And and why does it take you huge amounts of planning? When you say go out, are you saying for for a day or a holiday or what?
4: oh she's we can't go on holidays anyway because like Kayla's so strong she's getting to that age now she's reached puberty getting stronger she lashes out a lot so she needs one on one care from us all the time I have two other kids a one year old and a three year old so like they need care and like we can go somewhere like a playground she can have a massive meltdown throw herself on the floor start screaming and shouting trying to hit people around her and she has to be removed
1: and how do you so, feel like- then as a parent um, who has other friends who are parents who are maybe catching a flight to Malaga now that it's midterm or planning a summer holiday for June or July in Spain or Portugal.
4: Oh, I'm upset, Neil. I'm very upset. It breaks my heart every day when I look at my friend's children and how they can walk into a play centre. Just play away as normal. But I have to think of everything that's going to be there, that's going to be around. What might upset her? What might set her off? How will I get out quick if I have to prove them with me? Like, it's very upsetting. And I don't think... You have to plan a getaway. Like you have to plan getaways. We, we do it. Everything is planned. Everything is scheduled. She's a visual learner, so everything is done by like visual pictures and stuff I can't just say come on we go down the park because her mind gets overwhelmed goes into overdrive and she can get very upset over it and start hitting me you know, it's not easy and I think like Minister Rabbit sat there the other night and like Neil we had a meeting on a Zoom with her last year about services and stuff as well and how that all the services that were ever provided for a lot of the parents were paid privately and she sat there scratching her head as if to say God, this really goes on and you then mean the She wasn't she aware said,
1: of the amount of parents that actually pay she for She was
4: aware themselves. of it but she acted as if she wasn't but then the other night she sat there listening like that meeting went on till 12 o'clock I'd say there wasn't the one dry in the room after that meeting and she sat there scratching her head and looking at her PA as if to say oh my god this is going on, oh my god this person doesn't have the service when she is fully aware like she's the maybe, minister but Maybe this, she's you know?
1: just, maybe she's not maybe she just found the whole night overwhelming in the sense that she didn't realise the gravity of the situation because she doesn't meet with families enough you know or I
0: hear know. the real well, stories
4: yeah, but look, I give her a pat in the back for actually arriving and actually listening to parents' stories. She's made a commitment that she'll have something sorted by the end of April. Like, what do we know? The second week of April. I know, April? but I, like, but if n- you
1: look at it, if you look at it, yeah, you know, if you kind of try and look at it with a bit of common sense, and you hear of the new Cork to Limerick motorway, are you hear of the, okay, it's an incredible bypass, it'll take you from ovens to the county bounds and take 20 minutes off maybe your journey to Killarney at a cost of billions. Are we funneling money in the right areas? To know, do we We're really not- need to bypass, McCroom? Do we really need him? I know we probably do, but are there more important things that need fixing first?
4: Oh, definitely. Like if she had the figures down to a T the other night about how much was spent on this, how much was spent on um, OT, how much was spent on respite. Yeah, my daughter is 12 years of age. Because her school falls under the patronage of a Cork TB school, she's not entitled to respite or home support. And I questioned that the other night and she just couldn't believe it. Do you know things like that now, like so she'll grow out of the services that she's in now be it a quirky t b school, so like at eighteen years of age, for me to put her on a list for respite and home support, like she might't get eventually she's nearly thirty old' witnessed her so long. I know. Do you know it's and I think it's you. detrimental to the families to get it because like it's hard it's hard it is hard, families. and it's like, hard
1: on your two other children as well, being denied many is. of the <laughs> aspects of their young life that they should have, you know.
4: Exactly, and even as I said too, trying to get out as a family is hard. But even a marriage, it does take its strain on a marriage. It really, really does. Like I don't get carers. We work around each other with our shifts for work, and like it's hard going because we don't get time for ourselves because we have to be with challenging, Kayla. Yeah, that
1: must be challenging.
4: It yes. is. It's but hard, no and it's upsetting as a parent because. I feel that Kayla has been let down by the system, but then as a mother, I feel like I'm leaving her down. That am I doing enough for her? Have I contacted the right people? Is there more I can do? But, like, the way the system is, I really don't know how much more I can do. And, like, it's mentally draining. It's upsetting as a parent to watch your child regress. Like, if all of these services were put in place, like, they have the potential to do so much more and it's just it's taken away from her human rights and Minister Ann Rabbit admitted of that the other night that our kids' rights are not being met. But yes, what is she doing about it?
1: I'm out of time for now, Ashling. unfortunately. No but Thank you for, sharing me, and your own for story. taking the call. It's important that these stories are heard from many different aspects of it. Your daughter, you, your relationship with the husband, the other children, your worry, you know. Clearly as she gets older there are more worries as well and God knows what will happen when you know, you're too old to care. You know what I mean?
4: Exactly. Because God forbid something would happen to me because, like, who will take care of her then? I know. Do you know?
1: Thanks, Ashley. Thank
4: you, Neil. All the best. Thank take you. care. Bye. Lines Bye. Will
1: stay open. You can text 086 on this and all of the topics from this morning. If you have a story to share, email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.